This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now... Enjoy the show. Hello, you numpties. This is the villain, Marty Skell, and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 80. I'm Nick Howell. And practicing my shanties in order to get my mind set for this show, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And what a show we have today because there is much to talk about. Uh, Raw and SmackDown this week were a little bit of kind of recaps and rehashes and doing kind of the same thing over with a, with a couple of bright spots. But we also had a lot of stuff coming out of Ring of Honor. They had a big pay-per-view we have to talk about and a big title change. Uh, New Japan is getting ready for the G1 special and some big stuff coming out of Rev Pro with a lot of the New Japan stars. NXT and 205 had some really big matches I can't wait to talk about. Uh, it, it was a great week this week, man, I got to say, overall. Yeah, most for the most part. I mean, Raw and SmackDown were kind of, they had their meh moments, as they do most of the time. But yeah, as you laid out, there's a ton of stuff. to. It's going to be a little back-heavy this week, honestly. There's a lot going on in the wide world that's kind of outside the WWE main roster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that being said, you know, while we did have a very Roman-heavy Raw and a very Daniel Bryan-heavy SmackDown, we got one week closer to Extreme Rules. Uh, it's it's all stuff that I can't wait to talk about, and if you'd like to talk about it, please head over to our Facebook discussion group. We have a lot of lively conversations going on there. We like, like to talk about all things wrestling, post memes. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun group, and thanks to everyone who's already on there. If you're not, please join us there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Yes, over at, at BWO Podcast. Come follow us there. We do uh, tweet every now and then. Uh, try to get involved with some of the shows as they're live and inter intermix with some of the other shows and other listeners and fans that are out there. And hey, guys, if you love what we're doing here, we would love your support. Every dollar counts. We're, we're, we're going to be going live soon. Very, very soon. We keep saying very soon. Uh, but head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. We're going to have some new tiers, some new merch, all kinds of new stuff coming as we get ready to launch this new endeavor headed into live. So be sure to show your support there. We're going to have some patron-only tier type stuff. So make sure you get in on that. Also, if you want to rock some sweet swag, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, phone case, coffee mug, all that good stuff. But Ian, where do we go from here? Well, we got to start somewhere, and that means we have to start with the big news. Well, the matches for All In are starting to come in. 
uh, as you would say. This, uh, the first big one being yeah. announced. Breaking news. This just came in. Like an this hour ago. just came down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, Kazuchika Okada is going to be facing off against the villain himself, Marty Skrull, which yeah. is why we picked him to do our bumper today. Very cool. Woo! Yeah, no, that's I can't Go wait for Marty. that match. It's not one you've seen in New Japan because Marty's a junior and Okada's a heavyweight. So I'm actually excited to see what they can do together. Uh, at some point, I do expect to see Marty get a little bit more of a push in New Japan uh, and in Ring of Honor. I mean, it's he's kind of hit. I feel his ceiling. And I want to see him go further. I, I think this could be yeah. a great way to take that next step in terms of his perception because, good God, he's over everywhere he goes, and he's a fantastic wrestler. So yeah. great first match coming out. Well, I guess technically second match. We already knew about Cody and Nick Aldis. Okay, fair. Yeah. But uh, this is the next like the next big match on the card. That was going to be my next question is, do we have any insight into what some of the other matchups might be? So we know about Cody and Nick Aldis. We know about Okada and Skrull now. Is there any other insight into, I mean, are the Young Bucks going to be performing against well, we know, Yeah, we know Kenny Omega. Mega's going to be there. Young Bucks, uh, Kakota Ibushi is going to be there. We have a long list of people who are going to be there. We have some more news about that later on in our news segment. Okay. But these are these are the only big matches that have been announced so far. They did say that over the next like week or two, they're going to announce the rest of the matches for All In. And they also did say a couple weeks ago that they will be showing All In. They'll be streaming, so we'll be able to watch it. So... Looking forward very much to All In. Um, on a bit of a more of a bummer note, we got to do a quick injuries and accidents update because it was kind of a week where that happened uh, a lot. Bray Wyatt was in a, involved in a car crash, uh, apparently a, a head-on collision where he just lost control of his vehicle, Uh-oh. wasn't paying it, wasn't paying attention, and got into a car wreck. Was he, he was he texting? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I don't think his hands were on the wheel because he's got the whole world in his hands oh and. Uh, uh, probably eating. Womp, womp. He's the eater of worlds, so right. he's you know eating. Well, the, no, he's, anyway. he's, he's deleting worlds now. Oh, is he? Right. Perhaps by eating. Well, all I know is his hands weren't doing what they should have been doing while he was driving. He was taken to a local hospital, uh, and apparently he's doing okay, but he was not at the tapings this week. But he's uh, they're booked. Him and Matt are booked to defend their titles against the, uh, the B team uh, at Extreme Rules, so he'll be back by then. Uh, Ruby Riot uh, during a live show gave herself an MCL sprain, bummed, uh, busted her knee. Uh, it's we don't know how extreme the sprain is yet. She was just taken in to have it looked at. Uh, it's just a sprain, so it's it's not going to be out for like nine months or anything. But right. it could be if it's if it's a minor one, she could be back in a few weeks. If it's a major one, it could be a couple of months. Yeah, tears are all, sometimes better than sprains because sprains will take longer to actually heal up. Where tears that you can just repair them immediately, and you're flipping tractor tires in a week right and it's harder to tell how healed a sprain is right so and that's that's not good for the riot squad either because they were just starting to get a little bit of momentum and uh, that's gonna i think set them back a little Mm. bit in other injury news uh nakamura as we know shinsuke nakamura was bitten by a dog in bakersfield (laughs) which is just the most bizarre thing ever so he should be his epitaph he was bitten by a dog in bakersfield God, it's that's one of the most bizarre things to come out right. of wrestling recently. But he apparently is doing okay. He was on a crutch at the live shows in Japan. He was he came out to the ring, but he didn't compete. But he is uh, scheduled to be back by Extreme Rules. He has a match against Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title. So looking forward to having him back. Yeah. And in probably the saddest news of the week, Matt Capitelli, tough enough winner, uh, has passed away after a long, long, long extended. Uh, back and forth battle with brain cancer. He finally did pass away. Yeah, he and Miz were part sad. of the same tough enough class, if I remember right. And um, Matt, uh, Miz, Mike wrote a big uh, eulogy sort of tribute to him uh, this week on social media. Be sure and check that out. It was really sweet. But yeah, rest in peace, Matt. 
Apparently, a apparently just a really wonderful guy all around. A lot of people yeah. had really nice things to say about him. Yeah. So very sad. Uh, but yeah, it did, it did sound like it was coming for a while. It, and now he's being talked about for the uh, the Warrior Award, the next year's Hall of Fame. And I think wow. that would be a, that'd be really cool because he did give a lot back to wrestling and the wrestling community in general. So uh, very sad to, to hear about that. Well, that's enough of uh, time spent in the somber zone. We got all that stuff out of the way. Uh, let's head over and get started with Monday Night Raw. I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. I thought we were getting out of the somber zone, Nick. We got uh, it. Yeah. It was it was all Roman Reigns all the time this week on Monday yeah. Night Raw. It seemed uh, if if you watch the full edition, the three hour edition, it was a little bit easier to take. But man, he was all over the show. The opening segment. He had two different matches, some backstage stuff. He was all over it. It was a, a lot of the story of Roman Reigns. And depending on how you took this, uh, it could be kind of an interesting take on Roman Reigns' character because of how he was handling everything that's been going down with Brock and the Universal title and then Bobby Lashley and uh, and how Seth Rollins is dealing with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre and the fact that Roman is now getting involved in that feud. Uh, and we can speculate on why they're having him be involved in that. You know that All that aside, the bottom line is there was lots of Roman. And Roman is now on this kind of tear where they're having him be... Mm, they're pushing the fact that he might be getting a little bit too arrogant, a little too big for his britches and think that he is, he is better than he is and more capable than he is. We had a rematch. Well, let's, let's start with the, uh, the Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler thing, because that was the first thing that came out of this was okay. Roman coming out and complaining about Bobby Lashley being a terrible tag team partner, but then also getting, uh, getting uh, put into a match with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre two on two Seth Rollins and Roman versus them. Which was, I thought, a really fun match. Sure. It, it ended up being a really good match. A lot of teasing for a Roman hot tag at the end. A lot of tension between him and Drew McIntyre. Him and Drew look really good in the ring together. Drew, obviously, very intimidating looking dude. They both have a lot of wet hair. There that's, is a lot of wet hair going on between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. Yes, they like is. They like just letting it in their face. Anyway. Lots of conditioner. Lots yes. of conditioner here. But uh, two very nice heads of hair. <laughs> but also two really big, exciting-looking guys, like very you know good, high-impact moves. So yeah. it was cool to see them getting in the ring together. But it was a lot of waiting for that hot tag of Roman to come in at the end, which never happened because the Revival stuck their nose into this again, uh, gave Roman a shatter machine, DQ Roman and Seth win, but Roman is now, quote, hurt, and he has to go have a tag match with Bobby Lashley versus the Revival later on in the show while hurt, and due to his hubris, he does not want to tag in Bobby Lashley and ultimately gets his ass beat down. Actually, the Revival beat him down so much, they get DQ'd, which I thought was a weird yeah. decision. Roman, I didn't like that either. Yeah, like, wait, wait, wait. They're, these guys are competitive. They want to make a name off of Roman. They're going to do it by just beating him up instead of having what could have been a pretty easy win at that point, what it looked, from what it looked like. But You can make the argument that they didn't want to see Roman lose again, but I didn't think wins and losses counted in the WWE end. Well, they do when you're Roman Reigns. Oh. Okay. Um, that's, well, but it, and it has been happening less so with him, you know, where he's actually kind of been on a bit of a losing streak, and they're actually talking about the wins and losses, but it doesn't, at the end of the day, seem to matter. So it's, it, is, it is kind of a strange thing. Yeah. But um, I did want to point out one thing I liked, and that was uh, in the Drew McIntyre match, he did headbutt Roman Reigns and took him down, thus proving that the only people that can headbutt Samoans successfully are the Scots. And as a Scot myself, I was very proud to see that. Thank you very much, Drew, for proving 
that Scotts can. I, I, just, I just like somebody no? beating up Roman Reigns, and I really like <laughs> Drew McIntyre. So. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you guys have heard me. I've been down on uh, his debut in, on the main roster, being uh, he getting Shinsuke. I guess you could say uh, p- put aside with Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, uh, but he's looking a lot better than Shinsuke did aside Ziggler. So absolutely, they I, I, Drew is getting some more time. I would I am all over a Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre program. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be a great start for Drew to really get some shine at the, being working at the top of the card like that. And the and the, frankly, the fact that they're having Ziggler and McIntyre, you know, dancing around the top of the card like this is good for both of them. Ziggler's getting some good matches with Seth Rollins. He's looking really good, better than he has in a long time. Yeah. Uh, there's more excitement about him. The fact that he didn't lay down the IC title like it didn't mean anything to him, like he did the U.S. title last year, is a great step in the right direction. Right. And the fact that Drew McIntyre is coming across looking like a, a genuine, you know, beefcake. Like he's like he's the he's massive. He but he looks like he can actually handle himself. He's not, you know, incapable. He's standing toe to toe with Roman Reigns. So that's a good look for him. So so far so good on all of those fronts. Yeah, not to mention the revival, by the way. I think I said this last week. It's kind of some uh, some serious shine for them to be able to continuously like three weeks in a row now open the show and be involved in. Uh, the the top of the card matches like that. It is good, but it also, in some ways, I, I don't like the fact that it really does still make the tag team division look bad. Where you have these two guys who are in kayfabe, as told by the announcers, considered one of the best tag teams in the world and in the WWE by extension. Right. Um, when they, with their tandem offense, can have to work really hard to take down one guy. And in the end, either need to resort to cheating or getting disqualified in order to actually beat him down and, and win. You know what I mean? And, and it's like to these two, your two top singles wrestlers can just be, you know, get together and not function well and still theoretically beat one of your top tag teams. That's just a bad look for your entire division of tag teams. I, I get that. But where, what was the last time you saw a tag team consistently working at the top of the card like that outside of the tag division? That's to me. That's that's what I'm. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm happy to see the revival getting to do something, except just be beaten down and jobbing out to other tag teams. True, but I think that given the options of what they could be doing, this is still oh, a far step from what they should be doing, and it still makes 100%. the whole division look poor by having it booked this way. Again, yeah. I'm very happy to see revival be on TV. Yes, but again, like like happens so often with WWE, it's like I, this is not how I want them to be presented. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Be, it's because it's way below their their possibility, like the things you could be doing with them. Um, and it wouldn't be so bad if we hadn't seen how good they truly can be in NXT. So it's, it is a bit of a bummer, but it feels like time, a recurring uh, theme with, uh, it, with superstars coming up out of NXT. It does. Uh, another note I wanted to make about, uh, about Roman real quick. So okay. was that, and that is that, uh, well, actually two quick notes I just had on had here. One, the Dolph record scratch is finally working for me because they're using it properly as an interrupting device. It's interrupting Roman when he's talking and it's interrupting the person before him, uh, before Dolph's entrance's music. So now it actually sounds like it's interrupting something. It's not just interrupting silence. Right. So that it worked this week for the first freaking time. Um, the other thing was how Michael Cole was presenting Roman Reigns, getting back to how they're presenting him. Look, we, we can talk about Roman because that's pretty much all Raw was. That was uh, Michael Cole was presenting him as saying, well, if you like him, you know, he's a, basically a, a plucky hero who's just trying to get what he wants done. If you don't, he's an egomaniac. He's presenting both sides for the people that love him, the people that hate him. He's giving you the options of how you can perceive Roman Reigns here. And so, you know, we're obviously kind of down on Roman, not because of his of, of has a performer in the ring or anything, but just how they're presenting him. 
And yes, egomaniac is definitely how it would come across to us. Whereas if you're someone who's a Roman Reign fan, you'd be like, yeah, he was done wrong. Like, this is bullcrap. He should absolutely be fighting for his right to be in a match this week and have a match at Extreme Makeover. Uh, extreme Makeover. <laughs> extreme Wow. Uh, extreme is Ty, Ty going to show up and everybody's going to start crying? And that would be drive amazing. A bus away? Yeah. I, uh, extreme Makeover. I used to work for that show. That's probably why it was on my mind. <laughs> Uh, but I also want to say one thing to, to kind of counter what you said. I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not mad at Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns does his job. Yes. Roman Reigns does what he's paid you know, $4 million, $5 million a year to do. He's better he than Lashley on the mic. 100% better. I'm mad at the guys backstage that are throwing, shoving them down our throats. Well, but also, That's what I'm upset I about. I wouldn't be mad if I felt like this kind of nuance they were trying to give to his character was actually based on some sort of plan. If this was like sure. a, a, a way to show like in a in like a Greek tragedy sense that he was a hero with some sort of hubris that was causing him to lose. And at some point, he has to overcome his hubris yeah. and this pride and arrogance. And then by, by overcoming that... Then he becomes successful. If I felt like they were do- telling that story in a uh, a way that was going to be nuanced and effective, then I wouldn't. I'd be like, "Cool, let's go. Show me what you got." But that's not. I don't have that faith in them to be able to pull that off. If he comes out and starts quoting Hamlet, I'm going to blame you because you know we know they listen and they're going to take that on board and they're going to come out. Never mind. If he starts quoting Hamlet, I will be. I'll be fully invested back in Raw. That's going to be. Fascinating. That's Gladiator. <laughs> I, oh, what? I Never mind. That is, <laughs> but I will be entertained. Speaking of Gladiators, Braun Strowman. Braun, is Braun Strowman over again. Yes, Braun Strowman <laughs> is throwing stuff around again. I was not a fan of this. I thought this was what? dumb. Yeah, I, I, I actually had this in my notes. Is Braun, uh, Braun Strowman promotes be a star by pushing Kevin Owens off the stage in a porta potty. Uh, this was okay. this was just this was silly. They he wasn't in there. He wasn't in there when it flipped over. Obviously not in real life. I'm talking kayfabe. I'm oh, talking oh. storyline. Oh, okay. Come on. This is this is the thing. As I, this is riding the line between just kind of too much of the same thing with Braun. Like, okay, it was really cool to see him drag an entire porta potty. Let's set the stage here. If you didn't see Raw, Kevin Owens had was forced into a match with Braun Strowman right. by Kurt Angle, uh, who was apparently after last week when Braun Strowman totaled Kevin's car by flipping it over. Uh, Kurt now says, oh, well, we settle things in the ring. Thankfully, he had unless insurance on his rental. Yes. We settle things in the ring here on Monday Night Raw, according to Kurt Angle, unless you're Sasha or Bailey, in which case you go to therapy, or in which case, unless you're Ronda Rousey and you hit me with a briefcase, in which case you're, you're suspended for uh, a month. But okay, fine. Right. We, we settle things in the ring. So we're, gonna, we're forced into a match with, uh, with Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. Kevin's in there for 30 seconds and bolts out, tries to get in his car, can't find his keys, hides in a porta potty, which Braun Strowman then tapes up and drags back into the ring, which into the arena, at least by the way, which was a pretty cool feat of strength, like strongman style. You know, that was definitely like that's straight out of a strong. It was like where event. you see the guys uh, pulling the tractor trailer rigs. Yeah. Was, yeah. Totally reminded me of that. And that was a cool, like strength showing off thing for Braun drags it back up onto the stage. And then, does a running slam into it, knocks it off. Kevin Owens pops out covered in blue paint, which we assume is just the, you know, the, the, whatever, the, the blue dyed water, the blue dyed water. Yeah. The, the sanitary <laughs> water in the porta potties. Okay. Okay. Cute. But at the, at the end of the day, I thought this was also really kind of dumb. I did, I did, this didn't work for me at a certain point. Like I like Braun breaking stuff. And I thought like the image of him running and knocking just have the a stage. Whole bullying angle on a run raw. Yeah, that's well, that's that's what I mean. Like the be a star thing. Like, like a big dude like Braun taping up 
Kevin Owens in a porta potty just reeks of like fraternity prank to me. Yeah, uh, I, I and mean, maybe, I even wore my Braun T-shirt and my Braun beard today. So I, you know, I'm a Braun fan. You guys yes, know this by now, and I love these. I love these kind of antics. Uh, I'll never get tired of Braun flipping shit over. I think you should flip the ring over one of these days. They'll figure out how to do it. But at some point, uh, yes, it has to end in physicality. Are Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens going to have a legitimate match? Because while I like the stuff that Braun's doing, and I kind of like the scared chicken shit Kevin Owens. It's kind of his old personality after he got done being the terror that he was in NXT. Well, this is the thing. I like I like this because of Kevin Owens' acting. And yes. all Braun Strowman has to do is just destroy stuff. Yes. But th- at the end of the day, that's not really... It's not really flipping my wig, and it's maybe it's just my personal preference. I'd like want to see where this is going because at some point, unless Kevin Owens gets at some at some point something on Braun Strowman, this looks terrible for Kevin Owens. Yep. And they've had Braun Strowman be so dominant, and they're kind of getting to the point where they're almost Roman Reignsing him a little bit. Like he's just becoming a little bit too much. Uh, where I, I almost want them to they they need to pull him back just a little bit, uh, in my opinion. I want to see him in the ring wrestling more. That too. That's that's, that's one of the things where he's been doing these antics and these sideshows and stuff. And while I enjoy them, I want him to stay legitimized to the extent that he can still get in the ring and whip somebody's ass. Now, as I defended Roman a second ago, I'm going to defend Braun in the same way. I don't fault Braun. Somebody's writing this shit. Somebody's coming up with these ideas, and I don't think it's Braun Strowman. Frankly, I don't think it's Kevin Owens either. Let's look at the build that Braun had last year, which we both agreed was a brilliant build. He was built into a monster babyface even while he was a heel. They couldn't keep him heel. Right. Uh, but they did a good job of making him look like a monster and everyone got behind him. They've hit a ceiling here. They've hit a, a point where it's becoming a bit rote and it's and bronze kind of directionless. You know what I mean? It's just having him destroy stuff for the sake of destroying stuff. And haha, Kevin Owens got poo on him. That's not gonna. That's it, it's not working anymore. To me, it's it's starting to the 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 joy is starting to fade here. You could make the argument. I mean, last week you made the argument that the kids would love the face paint on Jeff. You know, the twelve year olds were like dying Absolutely. laughing that Kevin Owens got poo all over sure. him. And 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 that's the audience they're going for with sure. it. Cool. Yeah, Nicholas probably loved this. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the market they're going for with Braun. But I'm saying like they've got to be careful because it's it's going to. It's going to fizzle out at some point. My inner twelve-year-old was going batshit crazy, loving it. it was. So you have anyway. a Roman, you have, you have a, 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 bra, a Braun Strowman shirt on. Yeah, of course I do. Uh, speaking of wanting to get things in the ring, we also had a segment when Sasha and Bailey were in therapy, and they discovered they were going to the same therapy session. And who should be their therapist? But Doctor Shelby. Yes, Doctor yes. Shelby was yes. back from Team Hell No. Uh, probably one of the. I mean, that's. Team Hell No was all over the place this week between Dr. Shelby on Raw and they're reuniting uh, last week on SmackDown and then on this week on SmackDown having a whole bunch of Team Hell No. It was a whole bunch of callbacks to five years ago, whatever it was. Right. Was it 12, 13, 2012, 2012. somewhere around there? Uh, Dr. Shelby back to be his good old self with Sasha and Bailey to, I would say, diminishing results. Yeah. He, was, he was good, but Sasha and Bailey couldn't quite hold up the the Kane and Daniel Bryan charisma end of the uh, of the whole the the three way here. Well, the best part not... of the segment was the cameo of the team Hell No picture on the wall, framed <laughs> on the wall. That was and cute. That was that was the best thing. And then him breaking up uh, the the argument at the end where it said to be continued. It was it was just goofy. It's catty. It's like hens clucking in a hen house. That I just I can't understand it. I just want to see him get physical and have yeah. a physical feud. I, I here's the thing. 
I'm still curious where they're going with it. I'm like, I'll give them, I'll give them some rope. Let's see where we yeah, go with this. Okay. This was not the best start, but far from the worst start to what this could have been. Last week, we were talking about Bailey going to therapy and kind of being like, uh-oh, this could be really bad. If this is what we're getting, this is not bad. This is not like, okay, cool. Let's see where you're going with this. Uh, Shelby, definitely because of the of the guy who plays Dr. Shelby, his his acting and the way he, what he brings to this definitely uh, helps to <laughs> my, yeah. my, my anticipation. I'm like, okay, so we could be going somewhere cool with this, but they've really got to have some better written stuff uh, next week and going forward. Maybe we'll get an extreme rules match. Maybe this will go to SummerSlam. Who knows? But if this is, if this is the, the very start of it, all right, this is, a, this is not a bad start. Can we just jump to SmackDown from here? Because the rest of this is kind of just garbage. No, we have to talk about this. This is where all garbage ships are absolutely stuff that we have to talk about. But this is there is a lot of treading water coming up, and that is that is a bit frustrating. But we are right in the middle of the period between the two pay per views, so it's to be expected. Um, We did have a match between Nia Jax and Mickey James, which was basically just a way of establishing that Nia Jax is going to come after Alexa Bliss's title again. And now she's aligned with Natalia. Yeah. And so now you have Nia and Natalia and Ronda Rousey had a little moment backstage uh, on WWE.com, I guess they pointed out where she said, I'll be ringside. I'm going to buy a ticket and be ringside at Extreme Rules. So so we now we have a few other satellite members of this feud between Nia and uh, and Alexa. Um, Naya did come out on stage and have a have a promo before this match where she basically said, Alexa, you and I have been doing this for a long damn time. We've been doing this since before WrestleMania. And here we are still doing it. And we got to put a capper on this, which made me scratch my head because I don't see Naya winning at Extreme Rules. And if Alexa beats her convincingly at Extreme Rules or if there's some way where they put the, Ky- the, the finish on the Naya-Alexa feud and, a lot, and Naya goes out looking bad, that could really take the, the rug out from underneath her in mm, a lot of ways. Maybe. Which, of course, I, I could see over there going, eh, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Alexa, Ronda at SummerSlam. I mean, they're, they're kind of telegraphing it at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And it's going to be, we know that that's their number two pay-per-view of the year. That's going to be a big, big show. And I can't see anybody but Ronda Rousey going after Alexa Bliss. And this is this Mickey James and Alexa and Talia and Nia and Ronda from the periphery. Uh, this is all just setting up for Alexa, for Ronda to come after the title. And I, I, frankly, I don't know that she would even get it then. Now, here's the question. But that's what this is all about for I, me. I, do you think that they're setting all this up because all of these pieces will be involved somehow in that SummerSlam match? Not necessarily in the match, but as tertiary uh, components of it. For instance, like if Ronda is ringside at Extreme Rules, does she get involved in the it match? Is, it, Nia it's, did declare it as an Extreme Rules match. It will be match. an Extreme Rules so match. So no DQ. So now she could certainly get involved. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So now will there be more involvement from the other members of this little feud Besides Alexa, Nia, and Ronda, could there be Mickey James? Could there be Natalia involved Absolutely. somehow on the road to SummerSlam or even in the SummerSlam match itself? I could see Natalia somehow sneaking in um, from a betrayal of Ronda standpoint. I could certainly see that. Definitely she still. is the Wiley of the, of the group. But other than that, no. She's the big show of the women's division. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flipping back and forth. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to comment on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I just... I. This ends in Alexa and and Ronda at SummerSlam. I don't know what else to say about it. It's kind of boring right now. I yeah, I think. But the, but the intriguing part to me is how many components there are and how they're ultimately going to fit in for the next month and a half that we have till SummerSlam. Yeah. So there, I, I'm I'm still looking at all of these different components and saying, okay, part of it is they're just trying to get as many women as they can on TV, but part of it is 
how are they going to keep that interesting all the way there? Maybe trying to swerve us a little bit uh, with just putting all these different uh, elements in play. Well, speaking of elements in play, uh, Baron Corbin and Finn Balor have been having kind of a pseudo on and again, off again feud for the last couple of weeks. They tagged together last week and did not have much success with that. Uh, they were against each other the week before, and uh, they have been having a pretty significant Twitter war, which if you have not been following it, has been interesting at best and weird at, at worst. <laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of Finn showing his butt. Um, Baron dropped them on his uh, tailbone right. a week or so ago. And yeah. Finn and has the a red, white, and blue gnarly bruise on his tailbone. Yeah. Um, and he, he, Corbin's bitching at him and Finn's calling him out. Anyway, go check out their Twitter. It's, it's a lot of fun. They haven't been doing a lot with it on TV, which is weird because they did officially announce before our show today that we are getting a match between the two of them at Extreme Rules. So maybe the next couple of weeks we'll build something here between the two of them. Hopefully. But I, I hope so. There needs to be a little bit more 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 spice to this. I, I think they're I think they're kind of right on the money with Constable Corbin. Finn still they still really haven't found an identity for him yet. And it, it's yeah. they're trying. I can tell they're trying. Finn, but they just really haven't I landed s- on anything. I still don't get his smiling thing, dude. It is the weirdest like I obviously I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, someone sometime told him, smile a lot, smile all the time. Someone, and he took it to heart, and he just never stopped smiling. And I don't know what the thought was behind that, if that's just what they tell baby faces, if he's taking the piss. I don't know what's going on here, because like Lashley smiles a lot, and it's creepy. Yeah, Finn outdoes Lashley when it comes to smiling and being creepy with his smile. Like It's just weird how much they they're having him do it and it's and that's all that there is to define him at this point. Where is angry, fiery, retribution based Finn Balor? Where is the demon persona? Where is all yeah. of that stuff that made Finn Balor Finn Balor? It's he, go- I haven't seen it. He it's still gone. gets a little fired up. Like he got fired up this week when uh when Corbin and he got into the little bit of, you know, back and forth jabbing sure. each other in the ring, talking smack to each other. There he got a little fired up. He's got fire. But he doesn't have that kind of intensity that he had in NXT or right when he was first called up. Yeah, that's gone. He's become more the smiley, happy, you know, I, I'm open to anything. Finn Balor, uh, Balor club for everyone, you know, representative uh, for the LGBTQ and, and, and kids and everything that sure. else that he's, that he's involved in now, um, which, you know, great. If they're trying to have him be a role model for that, then that's fine. But does your role model have to, you know, smile all creepy like the Joker? Like, I just okay. don't, I don't get it. Maybe we'll see some heat come to this uh, before Extreme Rules. I really hope so, uh, because that could be a really good feud. It could be a good match. I think these guys could have chemistry, and I'm loving the Constable Corbin thing. Me too. It's a great look for for Baron Corbin. Uh, We also had uh, another appearance by the Authors of Pain this week on Monday Night Raw, wrecking Titus Worldwide. I don't know. Of course they did. I don't know that feud's over yet. Or I mean, we knew that Titus was just going to Titus Worldwide was just going to be food. Can, can for AOP, AOP please graduate from the kiddie pool and come play with the adults? God Almighty, they just—they just—I don't know what it is about. Oh, we got to get through the B team. We got to get through the B team losing to uh, to Bray and Matt at Extreme Rules, know. and then we're going to see. I hope AOP take over the division by SummerSlam, and then maybe we'll get something going in the tag yeah. division when we have some dominant guys. But I, I, here's the thing. Then you've got Bludgeon Brothers on the SmackDown side and AOP on the, on the Raw side, and that's two very similar teams at the top of the card. So 
that I don't I know what they're going to do. It, but yeah, but that's I don't know. That's not something they do often unless it's a, you know, like absolution in the riot squad right. where it's just cut and paste. And I don't want that either. Yeah, that's true. So I, I'm curious to see where AOP is going. Uh, speaking of the B team, obviously Bray was not here this week. So Curtis Axel ends up beating Matt Hardy pretty Again? handily. Uh, so yeah, didn't, that, they, didn't he beat him last week? Uh, no, last week it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Curtis Axel beating him again yeah. last week. So yeah, it was, yeah, twice in a row. Another, like we're saying rehash. I've been trying to tell y'all. It's rehash. Rehash. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are legit. Oh Watch my out God. for extreme rules. They're, Watch out. Oh my, please. Especially if Bray's still out. You know what? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead and put your money on them because your only successful time calling matches this year was at WrestleMania. And I'm looking forward to having another win. What? Over you because you're gonna okay. pick your boys the B the B yeah. squad over uh, the deleters of worlds the who B team, obviously sir, not the B squad they're the B whatever I say they are. <laughs> uh, we also had Ember Moon defeating Liv Morgan. Obviously Ruby Riot not ringside. Ember looked really dominant here, uh, but she's still they don't really have anything for her. You know she's in the Becky Lynch role right now. Where she just kicks kicks everyone's ass, but not really going anywhere. I'm fine with that. Yep. Do, put your work in. There's a lot going on at the top of the women's division on Raw. The, she is earmarked for greatness right after this stuff. Uh, second half of this year, first part of next year. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing, Ember. You're doing great. I think they're they're like with Becky. They're keeping her in a holding pattern as a winner until it's time to give her the push. They got to work the Nia Ronda Alexa shit out. Uh, that's going to encompass the summer. Yep. Just just stay tuned till after that because I think she's going to have a big fall. Agreed. Um, and then lastly, we had another rehash of last week. No way, Jose again tried to have a match with Mojo Raleigh. Raleigh refused. Beat him up, and uh, then you know, he gave him an Uranagi and beat up a Conga Line member and gave you know it was good on the mic. Mojo was good on the mic, but uh, again, same thing as last week. Holding pattern. Don't know if this is going anywhere. Pre-show match, maybe? I don't even... Dude, with the fact that they're now doing combined pay-per-views, if this was still a Raw-only pay-per-view, yeah, pre-show. The fact that it's not, this is exactly what we were talking about. Mojo and Noe Jose are going to have no room on this card. When they can barely fit in Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, that, what are you going to do with something that low on this Yeah, that card? wasn't on the Hulu edition. These guys are not making the pay-per-view money, and yeah. that's... it's. It's it's one of the things we were worried about when they said they were going to combine the rosters for the pay-per-views is that the people who are yeah. lower on the card are missing out on the pay-per-view money now because you only have so much room on these pay-per-views. So that's that's I Maybe think it was strategic on WWE's part so they didn't have to pay two different and and I want to be that's a great point you brought up. Let's have a quick aside. Last year, I can remember us being over freaking whelmed with having a pay-per-view every other week for about two to three months straight. And I, I remember us going, oh, oh, it's so much, there's so much wrestling going on. And at the same time, here we are on the other end of that where it's now combined and it's become efficient, but we're also, so what's the lesser of the two evils? Do well, we, we always want this. more yeah. wrestling or do we want something that's more efficiently fine-tuned and limited in the number of superstars you're going to see? Well, at this point, it really doesn't matter to WWE as far as money is concerned because money is no object. They're going for licensing now. Like It's, it's sure. in, in TV rights. The rights deals are where their money's coming in. Not pay-per-views, even though they still get a lot of pay-per-view actual buys. People who don't have the network can actually get this stuff on pay-per-view. What are you doing? Well, they, I don't know. <laughs> People maybe don't have good enough internet and uh, they have to buy they, it over They ca- haven't cable. heard that it's only nine ninety nine. I right. think is what it was. How could they miss that? Um, that they, they spent that, an entire that was year the joke, doing that. Nick. Okay, but uh, that, <laughs> right over my head. But, Sorry. Keep going. The, the point is, is that we you know, we discussed this. Is what is the what is the the lesser of two evils between having 
too much content and between having too li- like too few superstars in uh, to to put on one show. Like, too yeah. many superstars to put on one show, but too few slots, I should say. Uh, and the thing is, is you know, there's it's it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. Really, I personally think I would rather have more pay-per-views and see more different wrestlers and have more of them get more shine than have fewer pay-per-views where I feel potentially good angles uh, could be left out of the show by by not having enough room for them. I think uh, I, I disagree with that because it ultimately having more pay-per-views, they're just going to rehash the same stories and you're going to get the same wrestlers repeated over and over again. I think they they should extend the time if they're going to combine the two and have less pay-per-views, maybe down to one every other month, I think is what we're looking at at this point. Make them a little bit longer. Extend them from three hours, three they and a half they, hours, they up are. to they're like five hours. or six hours. No, they're officially four hours now. Every pay-per-view is four hours, okay. and they start an hour earlier. This is my point, though, is that you're saying they're going to rehash the storylines. If you're flipping off the brands, if you're flipping between the brands, excuse me, if you're flipping between the brands... Screw you, SmackDown! Uh, <laughs> hey, man. If you're flipping between the brands... Uh, on, on every pay per view, then you have more people from each roster getting this like more time. But oh, sure, you know what I mean. So if you if yeah, you yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're months apart, right now we've got you know we just had uh, uh, Money in the Bank, and then we're about to have Extreme Rules. If you had one be SmackDown and one be Raw, you'd have everybody from one paper from one brand on one show, everyone from the other brand on the other show. Everyone would get time, and you'd have a lot more time in between the pay-per-views from each brand for to build longer storylines. And then when they had the payoffs at the uh, pay-per-views, you'd have bigger payoffs and you'd see more people. You'll note, we don't, uh, Samoa Joe ain't doing anything at, at Extreme Rules right now. When's the last time you saw him? You know what I mean? Mm. Randy Orton, he's injured, but we haven't seen him in a while. There's a lot of people who are, we're not going to be seeing do anything. Jinder Mahal's got nothing to do right now. For better or for worse, well, he's meditating. Apparently, uh, yes, he's we'll doing, he's doing his bit. shanties. Yeah, now, I, I don't think we need to talk about it. It was just there. If you didn't, if you don't know about the shanties, you missed out. It's <laughs> that was so over with me. But uh, that's kind of my point: is that we're going to be missing people on the show now. New Day Insanity, they're not going to be on Extreme Rules, either, even though they're starting up a feud. That would be something that would be on a SmackDown only pay per view. Yeah, if that was what this was. So that's kind of what I'm saying: is we're missing we're missing on stuff. Good good stuff, guys. Let weigh in. Let us know what you think over in the Facebook group on um you know where do you fall? Do you want long less longer pay per views, or do you want to go back and split the brands up into uh more frequent, shorter, smaller um. Uh, card size, but we ultimately you get more wrestlers because both brands have their own pay-per-views. Let us know what you think uh, over in the Facebook group or on Twitter, but hey, that's it for Monday Night Raw. Let's continue the conversation over on SmackDown Live. So over on SmackDown Live, Team Hell No has reunited. Kane and Daniel Bryan are back together and they are right back up to their old bickering ways. And I, I'm sorry, this the best thing about Team Hell No is the, the just the rapport, the charisma and the, the dialogue between the two of them. The writing is great. The way that they play off each other is fun. Uh, is, it, is it a bit of a nostalgia trip? Absolutely. This one's working for me. What about you? Um, not exactly. Uh-oh. Here's why. Because I, I came up in the 90s with the Attitude Era and Old Kane and... Uh. Evil, uh, demon, fire, just craziness. And here he is on SmackDown Live talking to Daniel Bryan. It's I, a little weird I grew to see up him that in way. the Carolinas with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, here we and big go. old Glenn Jacobs whooping ass. And yes, Kane is still Kane and he still chokes choke slams the shit out of people. But I don't want to see him sitting there having conversations with well, Daniel Bryan. 
I, oh, I crack up at that. That's not Kane. You that's can't let him evolve as a wrestler. How many different iterations has Kane had with the with the different masks, the different outfits? Like I, I'm with you. While I was watching Kane on this SmackDown, I was saying, you know, oh man, remember how big and scary Kane used to be? Uh, and and he was. He was freaking terrifying. He was bigger than the Undertaker physically when he ripped the door off of Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I as a as a young man, Fuck I was a, I was like, oh, who's this guy? Oh my god! But he but would you know come but out he and set shit on fire he and evolved. suck people down into the ring. Yeah, under the, well, you know, he's done horrible things Barry since then. Daniel Bryan, like on the in the. But <laughs> but here's what I liked about this is yes, he is kind of talking to Daniel Bryan like little nebishy Kane. It's Magoo. It's but, I just, I don't, uh. but the funny the, but the comedy comes from the fact that Daniel Bryan is sitting there going. You know, Kane saying, yeah, we're great. We're back together. And you've always had me. I've always had your back. And Daniel Brown's like, you tried to kill me. You, that was funny. You left a dead squirrel on my lawn. Like all these things. Disemboweled that he was, squirrel. A disemboweled <laughs> squirrel on my lawn. Like you you kidnapped my wife. Like you, you tried. You, I, yeah, I just tried, Daniel. That's funny stuff. Like that's that's I loved that because it was giving a nod towards the fact that Kane has this insanely dark twisted past and this long history in WWE super long history in WWE like the guy has been around forever yeah and we we've you know we we're kind of done with Kane now where we're like you're a little past your prime like you don't have the same in- intimidation factor that you used to right fine but at the same time like they're giving a nod like we we, we were really down on like him and Braun and and Brock last uh, earlier this year right we're really down on that but at the same time, respect the hell out of Kane. Just absolutely respect his legacy and the amount of time and stuff he's put into WWE. He's been some of the best feuds ever and some of the worst feuds and angles ever. But he's always been awesome. This To me, this, this felt a like a fun comedy sketch that you would do at his inevitable Hall of Fame induction that's ceremony. That's where we're at, though. That's, in my opinion, where Kane kind of should be right now. He can't come out and intimidate the way that he used to, even though like, you can kind of put him in there as a bit of a monster. At the end of the show, you know, the, okay, so real quick, they did have the Usos come out to interrupt the, the Team Hell No thing here, and the Usos had a great promo, and they said, you got to go through us to get to Extreme Rules. Hell no! Um, that was good. And I like the fact that there were stakes in the match they put together where if the Usos won the match against Team Hell No, they would be inserted into the Extreme Rules match. Stakes! Who knew? Yeah. Uh, they're, actually, they're actually really good to have for a match. So that was, a, that was fun. And they ended up having a match where Kane looked dominant. Now, he did look slow. He looked his age. And there, uh, there was one point where the Usos tried to do a double uh, splash on him from the top ropes. And he caught both of them with, uh, with his hands, went for a, a sit-up choke slam. And they had to help him to his feet as he sat up. But at the same time, he, they still booked him as looking dominant. Yeah. But at this point in his career, it's just it's better for him as a character to have these kinds of bits where he doesn't have to be the big, intimidating, scary monster because that just doesn't work as well anymore. Whereas this, he's still really good at this. And the stuff between him and Daniel Bryan, both at the top of the show and at the middle of the show, was really fun. And and they both played it really well. I hope it was kind of a one and done. I hope it was, we got it, we got past it. We had the little nostalgia trip for the the back and forth like that. And that we don't have to do it so on the nose like they did it this week. No, it's going to be on the nose all the way to Extreme Rules, Nick. Brace yourself. It's going to be, and I'm going to be happy because I I dig that stuff. 
but this is the, the nostalgia trip goes through extreme rules. Okay. It's going until that point. And then Kane's got to go be mayor. That's what this is though. This is, this is in, I think Kane's last ride, at least for a while. Good. So for that, as far as that's concerned, this is a fun way to go out. This okay. is a way I'd like to remember Kane. That uh, that I grant you. In the modern era. I, I still remember him from the Attitude Era, but this is, this is a good way to send him off. I, I think. would like one more shot of him raising his hand, throwing him down, and having uh, Red Pyro fire up out of the ring posts. You know, just one more time. Ugh, can we yes. have that one more time? Uh, can we, uh, the Red Pyro, the, the, definitely, and, the and ring the post bangs. pyro, the ring post pyro needs to come back. Yes. Absolutely agreed. Uh, also, Aiden English needs to... Also work on his wrestling, I think, too. He had a match against AJ Styles. How dare you, I would sir. like to see him get his uh, acumen back, I guess. Because there was a while there where they were pushing Aiden as being legit. Mm-hmm. And AJ and just is. mopped the floor with him. Mopped the floor with him. He, he, he tapped out to a calf crusher, which I've never seen anyone tap out to in WWE. You know, he's he's a skinny, lanky dude. He can move. He's quick. He's agile. Apparently, he got legs like birds because AJ almost snapped one. Yeah. But yeah. The, but this was a, a thing to build the fact that Rusev was ringside and Rusev and AJ have a match coming up at Extreme Rules for the WWE Championship. And this was interesting to me because they now officially are booking Rusev more like a vicious heel again, where he comes into the ring afterwards, blindsides AJ and puts him in an accolade and then just kind of stares at him, stares him down like a bad guy. So once again, we're back and forth. Is Rusev a face? He started off by shaking AJ's hand when it was announced that when he won the gauntlet match, it was announced he was going to face him. Okay. Well, that was very nice of him. That was very faceish of him. Very sportsmanlike. Well, now he's not sportsmanlike anymore. Now we're going back to kind of more vicious Rusev. Womp womp. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't care that much. I, I, I would just want to see Rusev get a chance and but Rusev's getting a chance. Wouldn't you rather have Rusev have a chance? Like couldn't, isn't there a way they could have built this where it's even Rusev as a, as a, tweener you know which, which he still kind of is what he is and, and i yeah, think it's all about it's, who he's facing as to what persona he's gonna play but we were saying this was a good opportunity to define what and who rusev is he got over on a meme but the thing is to be able to support that because you heard this this week the chants aren't getting any louder they're getting quieter it was omaha for rusev you know Day. It, omaha or not the the thing is is they are getting omaha would have been a huge for rusev day six months ago Everywhere, everywhere was, but it's dying off now because there's nothing underneath it. There's no foundation for Rusev Day yeah. under that meme, and they haven't taken the opportunity to build something with it that he can then come back with. Now he's just, you know, heel number six who happens to have like a little chant that everyone's like, what is Rusev Day anyway? Yeah. I don't know. Kita Plovdiv, something like that. No one really knows anymore. <laughs> and that's the, that's the thing is they need to build something here with Rusev besides having him just be a heel to AJ and have another win for AJ to, to retain his championship. You know, I, I never minded him being the heel foreigner. I never minded that as long because he had the, the Lana advocate duo that was at their. That was when they were really at their prime. I, I think that they they hinted at the idea that they were going to make them a faction, the three of them, uh, and have Lana start coming out because now she's got Happy Lana Day shirts. And I don't know if they have not pulled the trigger on that yet or what the hell's going well, it's on. It's got a stop start right now. Yeah, it is. And I want to see that move forward. And I'm wondering if after this match it will, because I think that could really do something to define Rusev, kind of the things you have reservations about. Give him a, a stable Give him something, have his wife and have his, quote, best friend 
uh, his his yeah, announcer. What, exactly, what even is he? What is Aiden Tarusa besides a buddy? I guess. Is he an enforcer? Is he his announcer? Is he his buddy? Uh, you know, how, what is Rusev's relationship with his wife other than the fact that he thinks she's hot? There's nothing defined here. <laughs> I'm serious. There's nothing defined here about them, and, and that's going to bite them in the butt. Sure. Um, and other news on SmackDown, Jeff Hardy had a U.S. title match, open challenge, and The Miz answered and was beaten by Jeff Hardy. Uh, this actually pretty was handily, a, pretty handily, but it was still a fun match. It was and it was because Miz got overconfident, put his feet on the ropes and then celebrated early. So I thought it protected Miz somewhat in the yeah. finish. But, you know, it's it very heelish finish. And then Jeff picks up the heroic win wearing his red, white and blue uh, July 4th face paint which was truly creepy. They did a great job in the eyes this week. It was freaky as hell. Yep. Um, that, I, think, I think that's going to be our cover art for the episode this week. Uh, good. You scare, okay. You're going to scare, scare people, scare scare everybody people away off. From listening. Oh God, I'm not watching that show. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, so no, but here's the thing. I thought this was good to have Hardy win here because I don't see him retaining against Nakamura because no. Nakamura needs a signature win. This was Hardy's signature win over the Miz who they presented as being fairly legit on SmackDown, which is good. He needed that too. Yep. Um, so Hardy needs to have some clean wins and look like a strong champ going into extreme rules. And that's basically what this was. I thought it was executed very well across the board. Yeah. So beyond that, not really much meaning to the match other than he's defending the U S title. It's an open challenge. Awesome. Well, I clocked onto something with the Miz this week where he came out in his entrance and all of his moves and everything was borderline campy. Like he was overdoing it a little bit. And I'm wondering if I've clocked onto something where that's because I, when I saw that, I went like, oh, he's not winning this. He didn't come out like overly confident. It was borderline ga- campy and goofy, like over overselling it. Over, He was doing this thing. It almost looked like Randy Orton's hands spread open instead of just doing his dab with his fingers. I I don't know. I, I noticed something that stood out to me. I hadn't seen him do that stuff before. The new red outfits and the headband. And I, I, I game is. Sure. But at the same time, I can see a little bit of overconfidence in that being, you know, the, the stuff where he's putting his feet up on the ropes, fine. Uh, but I, I just knew as soon as he was coming in, there's no way he's winning this because I, I, of the way he was acting. I knew that because it's Jeff Hardy and it's the U.S. title and that's not changing hands on SmackDown before Extreme Rules. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I think you're reading way too much into the body Maybe. language. Maybe. But uh, I, I, was just, I, just, I knew that too, just by logic. We got to keep this interesting. We can't just tell people, yeah, this happened and blah, 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 blah. I got to be do some crazy wild speculation stuff, right? All right. Okay. So from now on, we'll keep an eye on Miz. When he gets big and campy, we'll, we'll just know he's going to lose. We'll, yes. And we'll see how we'll many see times how the, we'll, we'll is he the data. telling us. Is yeah. he telling us through his campy physicality that he's about to lose? Uh, speaking of losing, Ellsworth had a match this week against Asuka. If you could call it that. Well, it was fun because they were, you know, they, they built it up like Ellsworth was saying that he was the peak of masculinity and that men were better than women and just all that sure. fun Ellsworth stuff. And of course, he gets in the ring with Asuka and she proceeds to just murder the poor guy. She slapped what was left, very little that was left of his chin off of his face. She slapped the chin back onto his face. That's how hard <laughs> she slapped him. Uh, and he ended up running out of the ring and running away, which I would have done too if anyone slapped me as hard as Asuka slapped him. Yeah. Uh, good God. <laughs> Plus, her kicks were nice and stiff too. Like, she just she didn't hold back. I kind of wanted to tell Ellsworth, I'm like, dude, this woman has been in the ring with Minoru Suzuki and survived. You, were, you don't stand a chance, yeah. my friend. Uh, run away and he did he ran away and uh, escaped and was they were both counted out into the arms of Carmella yes of course who saved him took him backstage where Paige made a match for next week we were going to have a a lumberjack match or lumberjill match I guess 
next week. All of the women on the women's roster will surround the ring. Have we ever had a women's lumberjack match like that? Yes, I believe so. I okay. believe it has happened before uh, a couple times. Okay. But uh, I think this will be a particularly fun one. Hmm. I'm actually... I. I I could watch Oscar kick the crap out of Ellsworth all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, come on, that's just take my money. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be a pay per view. That just sounds fun. Just five hours of Oscar beating the hell out of James Ellsworth. I would buy that pay per view. Yeah, <laughs> I, you, ever, you ever see a Game of Thrones like the the one time where uh, Tyrion slaps Joffrey and they they on uh, on YouTube they edited together like an hour and a half version of it yeah. to like nonstop Led Zeppelin of just Joffrey getting slapped. Like that, only Carmella and Ellsworth, oh. I'd watch it. Oh, man. Speaking of fun, uh, New Day had a pancake eating contest for the 4th of July to yeah. see who could eat the most pancakes. Uh, all fun and games until Sanity stepped in and caused chaos. So it looks like we're getting a three-on-three feud, New Day and Sanity. Hmm. Now, last week we had a question about trios stuff. Yes, we did, and it was a, it was a very kind of uh, ahead of its time question because I Apparently. didn't see this coming. Apparently, that person is a writer for WWE. Yeah, I have to go back and look who asked us that. Yeah, but. Maybe they're incognito creative writers uh, for for WWE that have just been hanging out in the busted wide open Facebook group <laughs> right. this whole time. No, this is this is awesome. I'm I'm so down because I was just looking at how they 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 paired them up in this beatdown. You know, you had Alexander Wolf uh, going after. Uh, Kofi Kingston, I believe right. you had Eric Young going after Xavier Woods and you had Killian Dane going after Big E and right there you have three singles matches. I would love to see yes right there. And if you want to build for this, they love doing their singles matches when they have tag team matches coming up, right? They'll build them with singles matches. Do this I'll for watch, the next three weeks. I'll watch all of those singles matches There's and be your invested matches for the next three weeks. Booyah. Yep. Absolutely. Then we get the big uh, blow off at extreme rules. I don't think we're going to see this at extreme rules, but I would love it if we did. Because that's this is fun, and we were wondering what they were going to do with New Day. We were wondering what they were going to do with Sanity. Now we know uh, it's official. These guys, these all these guys, are going to be feuding. I'm down. I'm looking forward to this. Hundred uh, percent. Crazy psychopaths insanity versus the fun loving New Day. Awesome. They're kind of crazy too. Well, but in their own fun way. Yeah, crazy fun loving. But that's what I'm saying. Like this is this yeah. is going to be a fun back and forth. Yep. Uh, next up, last but certainly not least, uh, Becky got another win on her belt. Yeah, as we said, Holy another smokes. Becky, once again, she's just basically coming out and winning every week and not really doing anything with it, kind of like we were saying on Ember Moon on, on Raw. Uh, I don't know if it's okay that the Iconics are losing a lot now, but I guess that's kind of their role. Yeah. And it's okay because they just, you know, they get over on their on their promos anyway. Their there's win-loss record isn't going to matter. I don't see them contending for championships anytime soon. They're doing exactly what they need to be doing, building this character, building this image of the two of them into these kind of just pain-in-the-ass, annoying chicks that are constantly just poking the bear and, and making fun yeah. of everybody. That And they're doing it great on social media. They're doing it great on TV. Keep doing what you're doing. Ember Moon, Becky, Iconics, uh, they're just next. But Mike, speaking of next, I'm wondering what's next for Becky because does Asuka and Carmella continue after Extreme Rules or are they going to do something with Becky at a certain point? Are they are they building up, uh, building her back up and giving her these wins for a reason? I don't think we're seeing Charlotte until... I'm trying to remember what her schedule is for getting her uh, breast implant fixed. I'm trying to remember if it was... I think they were... So, to, and I don't want to interrupt you, but no. to answer your question directly, I think they were building up or building towards a Becky and Charlotte feud. Like, they were one of them, they were going to have to so face are they, each other. So, here's the thing. We, we talked earlier about how, not in this show, but earlier on our shows, that Charlotte has been built up to be so strong yeah. that she's almost like a Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman of the women's division where she's just so head and shoulders 
above everyone and the last thing she did Except before Carmella, leave because she's beat her twice right and becky beat her on 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 charlotte's way out too right. so i think that's what they're doing though is they're they were getting there and then she had the breast implant issue i think once charlotte does return we're going to resume that program and we're going to have probably the second half of the year uh be a becky and charlotte thing which i ain't mad at uh i don't know because it, the question is is one of them going to turn or is it just going to be face on face because face on face for that long is going to be I don't think it's going to work. One of them has to turn at some point. You'd think, and I think it's—I think it's past time for Charlotte to turn, in my opinion. Yeah, I can um, see it. Uh, but that's—that's—I I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could go with it. I'm curious to see what they're doing with Becky if they're priming her for a title contention um, when whatever happens with Oscar is done with Carmella. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Carmella's losing it anytime soon. I don't. Know. I think Oscar might be a transitional one to get it back over to no, Becky Charlotte. No, 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 no. Oscar will absolutely not be transitional whenever they give it to her. I, 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 she better not be that after all the build they've done with Oscar, how special she should be treated. Transitional is absolutely not what she should be. Uh, I agree with you. I just don't think the 75 year old man in the back does. Well, so. uh, I, I will see. Won't we? I, I she, he's got I her doing think, mixed match ch- things with James Ellsworth. So that kind of tells yeah, you. What. But, they, but they're also, they see what they haven't heard. The audience reaction to her is so good. Yeah. Um, they're still and presenting it is proxy her. proxy to the title. They're you know? still presenting her as being super strong. I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the Lashley, Sami Zayn thing where, much as I hate to draw a comparison to that, but where they, Lashley is just so strong, they have to make Sami look like, you know, he, he's so weak because they're trying to keep Lashley looking that strong. That's kind of where Asuka is. They, no, they have to keep her looking strong. So they just book the people opposite her as just being absolutely like all they can do is run away. Yeah. You know what I mean? All they can do is, is cheat and to, in order to get over on her. That's the only thing they can do. Cause they're not trying to bury Oscar. I don't oh, think no. not no, intentionally. No, no, no. I think they're trying to keep her in the neighborhood of the women's SmackDown title mm-hmm. and just having her do this mixed match fun stuff with James yeah. is kind of by proxy involving her in that title contention. This is just a way to keep her from having to have physicality with Carmella yeah. because the whole point is if she gets her hands on Carmella, she's going to kill her. Yep. Uh, and that's just going to, you know, which is unfortunate because when they ultimately have the match, Carmella will get some offense in and it's just going to look weird. It looks weird every time. <laughs> yes. So that wraps it up for Raw and SmackDown this week with tons, 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 tons more to talk about, tons of good stuff. But to do that, we have to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Sticking with the WWE for a moment, starting things off with NXT, uh, we had Dakota Kai facing off against a returning Santana Garrett, not seen since last year's May Young Classic. Yeah, is this a, a preamble to seeing Santana Garrett in the the upcoming May Young Classic too? Maybe I'm curious to see how many new faces we see in the May Young Classic and how many we are, have been pre-introduced to either through last year's May Young or through NXT. Yeah. Um, I, I will say she did impress me in yeah. this match. She had a lot of very innovative moves, uh, looked very good. So did Dakota Kai. That didn't surprise me. Um, I'm very, she I'm actually pretty high. Head off. I'm pretty high on Kai, <laughs> uh, even though I, I think she's becoming kind of a Bailey 2.0, um, with less of a confusing backstory, but still the plucky underdog, cute, you know, chick thing. Yeah. Um, less difficult to screw up on the main roster, I guess we should say, <laughs> okay. but, um, but yeah, I, I see a slow uh, underdog build for Kai happening where you know even the way that they're selling her by the announcers, like she's plucky, she's had some road bumps, she, she was losing there, but she can get win back and she beats uh, Santana Garrett here, a very game Santana Bar- uh, Garrett who definitely took her uh, t- took her a couple of moves to, to get through her. But yeah. 
Um, I also, remember being very high on Santana Garrett last year, along with like the, the likes of Tessa Blanchard and Tony Storm, yes. Kyrie Sane making her debut. All of those ladies. Uh, I, I'm happy to see her back. I hope she gets in the Mae Young Classic again. She's got the, She's built to be a wrestler, and I love that. Yes, you you were a big a big fan of her every time she turned around. Uh, speaking of which, Tucker Knight uh, and uh, <laughs> speaking of. <laughs> Uh, Tucker Knight and uh, Dozer were working out in the Performance Center. Dozer went to get his nice, thick and juicy steaks, yes. and uh, Tucker Knight got jumped. Tucky! Tucky got jumped by the Mighty, meaning Dozer had to go it alone in a handicap match later in the night. Uh, another thick, thick guy you like looking at from the back. Oh, yeah, you like that heavy machinery, oh, don't thick you? And juicy. Don't you, Nikki? Thick and juicy. Don't you like it, Nikki? Uh, this was fun, man. The, the Mighty vs. Heavy Machinery, I mean, only Dozer, was a fun match. It was basically uh, Dozer looking really dominant until finally the numbers game caught up to him. Do you think they're looking at Dozer for a singles push? Uh, God, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, I was going to say, I have an interesting theory here. I don't remember hearing that Tucker was actually hurt or any of that stuff or the reasons why he didn't participate. I honestly think that Tucker, bless his heart, as we say in the South, is generic male number one. Or generic male A Ouch. when it comes to wrestling, but if you look, and he's, he's actually really good from a he technician really standpoint. So I hate saying that about him, but there is something that is very Jim Duggan meets Macho Man Randy Savage in uh, in Dozovich. That's a really good and, comparison, and I, just, and I just have to believe that they see that. Right. And as much as 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 much as you and others have told me. No, he's just going to be, you know, just condemned to this comedy sidekick mid Carter. I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it because there's so much potential in that man to be awesome. Agreed. But at the same time, remember, Tucker Knight came out in the greatest Royal Rumble alone. So they could be looking at both of them for singles runs. And and this was maybe a, te- a test. But uh, great. But those were definitely over with the uh, with the old Florida crowd there. Uh, we also had Shayna Baszler come out of the ring and basically just call it everybody and say, I don't care who you are, I'm going I'm to tap you out and put you to sleep. We should probably say that Dozer put up a, a hell of a fight, valiant effort. The numbers game got to him. Ultimately, yeah. you know, anytime you're in a two-on-one handicap, very rarely do you win that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Baszler calls out everybody. Uh, Danny Birch got confronted by Undisputed Era backstage, and uh, so that set up a match next week. We have Undisputed Era apparently is getting their rematch against Mustache Mountain for the Tag Team Champions Championships. Let's and have it. Danny Birch challenged Adam Cole for the North American Championship. So we got a packed show on NXT next week right there. Uh, and in three weeks, we got it, we had it announced, Tommaso Ciampa is getting uh, Aleister Black. So think about this, because here's the thing. We both, are, we both pretty much know that Tommaso Ciampa is getting the NXT title uh, in order to have the title be on the line the next time he and Gargano face each other. Yes. The way that they have timed Summer this. Slam. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse Summer me. I had slam. a cough there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, what? Four, three? Three. Three. Yeah. Uh, takeover Brooklyn three will be Tommaso Ciampa as the champ versus Johnny Gargano. Calling it, calling it, calling it. And Aleister Black will drop the title in three weeks because that gives them the perfect amount of time to build up the storyline for the Aleister Black-Ciampa match and then three more weeks to build up Ciampa-Gargano before TakeOver. Um, because we did have... We'll get to Gargano in a second here. Um, but we did have a match before we had a Gargano match, and that was Velveteen Dream versus Donovan Dijak. No, it's Chris Dijak. Is it Chris, Di- Chris, Chris Dijak now? It doesn't matter. It's Dijak. Yeah, it's Dijak. 
Uh, he should just go eventually, you know, like like they do with Neville and everybody else. Take away one of the names. Just die, just die Jack. With die him, Jack. with him, it works. It. With yeah. him, it works. The one name thing works. And boy, he worked in this match. Ooh. My God, we thought this was going to be fun, but we were not ready for this. Die Jack looked great in this match. Velveteen always looks great. We knew that was going to happen. Die Jack got a ton of offense in here. Uh, just great strikes. His strikes all look fantastic. Great jaw in the ring. Loves to run his mouth. Tossing Velveteen all over the place. Velveteen's a big dude, and Dijak is even bigger, and he's been trimming up. So, uh, th- yeah, this was a lot that of one fun. Where he, he uh, over the head threw him, um, just uh, time to fly. Sounded like a Mortal Kombat finishing move yeah. thing. Oh my god! This is how this is how you get yourself over in a defeat because he ultimately did lose. Uh, Velveteen gave him what looked like a, a DDT on the stairs from the apron, which well, he pulled just, his leg out from under him. Uh, it looked like he murdered him. Yeah, this it was terrifying to the point where there was a girl in the audience who screamed like she'd just seen someone get like actually die. It was Naito girl. She showed up. She was going to Disneyland. You know? Naito girl had a heart attack and died in the third row. That's <laughs> what it sounded like. Um, but yes, yeah, so ultimately Dream picks up the win here and then gets stared down by EC3 as he came to the ring. I think we're teasing a feud coming up between EC3 and Dream. Uh, and then Of course, because you can't get a Gargano problem c- program because he's got to go back to Ciampa. Right, so. exactly. And then we had, uh, we had EC3 and Gargano had a match this week in which we finally saw Johnny Gargano Go to the dark side. Yes, uh, he was having some serious PTSD flashbacks to Garga, to uh, Champa in this match. He kept looking at EC3 and like you could see him, you know, like the choppers coming out of Denang were going in, in his head. You know, like, <laughs> Charlie's ten clicks away. And, oh, I gotta take off my knee pad and knee this guy in the face. Just when I thought I was out, they, they pulled, pulled me, me back, back in. in. Yeah, Johnny. Oh. Johnny fully went to the dark side in this match. Uh, lost his mind. Did a bunch of moves like Champa actually does. The DDT um, through the ropes that Ciampa put on him. Yes. Uh, at takeover. So, yeah. Oh, this is just winding Ended me up, back up all over again for Gargano and Ciampa. Great storytelling showing that Johnny has, uh, you know, the arguably no longer Johnny wrestling. Now he's like dark Johnny wrestling. Okay. You know, he gave in to his anger. It's Pentagon Jr. going Pentagon dark, basically. Yeah, yeah <laughs> only Pentagon Jr. wasn't exactly a good guy to begin with. But fair, fair. The point fair. is, is that I love the fact that that they're doing kind of what we we thought they were going to do, but they're just doing it so well. And that is that, that Ciampa has driven Johnny kind of insane. And now Johnny is officially like going to the dark side and just totally aggressive, uh, losing his mind. This is a lot of fun. Damn good storytelling. Uh, EC3 does get beaten by a psychotic Johnny Gargano here, but it looks like there's a lot more fun stuff in the coming weeks. Hey, and, and kudos to EC3. This is the best we've seen since he debuted. He it looked is. fantastic. He did look great. I was I was he very was happy stiff. with him. It was it, this was a really good match. Yeah, he had some great moves. Yeah. That is the best I've seen EC3 look. Wait, let's jump over and talk about the lighter weighted fellows over on 205 Live. Uh, opened up with TJP coming out. Uh, getting some some cheap heat, continuing to have this feud with Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick had a great uh, promo to open the show to kind of introduce everything. And oh, he's I, such a I good, love how such his, a good GM. The opening segments are like him giving you last week on two hundred five live. You know, you get his breakdown yeah. of it. And but it lets you GM. know, yeah, it lets you know everything to expect on the show that night. Oh, it's so good. Imagine yeah. if they did that on the main roster. He's, he's how I would like to see an authority character be handled. Yes. You know, him or him and Regal, where they're there, they make matches. You have the, the sense that they are controlling the show and controlling the wrestlers. And whatever feuds they have happen the kind of the way that you would happen between management, where like you snipe back and forth each other. And, yeah. Well, you know, in this one, uh, he's TJP keeps saying that, you know, Drake isn't giving him good competition 
And Drake says, okay, fine. You want to, you know, give me trouble and, and beat up people and, and act in a way that I don't approve of on my show, then fine. I'll give you competition. Here's your competition. A returning Noam Dar. Yes. Who came to the ring after TJP got the crowd nice and hot with the cheap heat and Noam Dar wiped the floor with TJP. This was supposed to be a surprise, but I kind of saw it coming from the, uh, the off the back of the NXT UK event last week. Uh, when he had a surprise return to get involved in that four-way for the number one contender or for the uh, NXT UK championship. Uh, yeah, this was exactly... He got one good knee to the face in, one, two, three, and he's done. Oh, uh, he got a flying like Woo. kick to the head on oh. TJP, and he went down. Yeah, uh, one of our listeners actually posted in the Facebook discussion group, uh, Andrea Ward asked what our, th- what our thoughts were on the returning Noam Dar and on this match. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I love the fact that TJP got squashed after running his mouth for weeks and beating up these these enhancement guys, these local talents that they were getting. I love the fact that he just got whooped just clean and then later on uh, wouldn't even give an interview, just stalked out of the arena. Um, I thought that it was, a, it was a great way to jumpstart Noam Dar, who was done so dirty on the previous version of 205 Live, if you will, with his awful feuds uh, with Rich Swan and with Cedric Alexander fighting yeah. over Alicia Fox and this horrible soap opera crap they gave him. He came back. Not only does is he jacked, he's got himself nice and ripped, but he looked fantastic in this match in terms of his flying around the ring. This was great for him. This is going to be a great match and a great feud between him and TJP going forward. I'm very excited. Yep. Uh, nothing much more to add to that other than all I could think of when he got the one, two, three after that flying kick was I was thrown back to uh, the movie Friday where Smokey comes in and leans over him and goes, <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out. That's all I thought of. Because So, yes, it's TJ's not going to be happy about that. Uh, as we saw in a backstage segment, as he was walking out. Yeah, he kicked the door on his way he, out. He kicked the door open. He is not happy. No. So, those two guys working together over a few weeks, I'm all in. That's yeah, fantastic. In other, in other feuds, we had Akira Tozawa starting up a feud with Leo Rush. Uh, Akira Tozawa beat another uh, local talent, if you will. And it uh, looks like Leo Rush is, is challenging him. He talks smack to him from the announced t- table. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy had a God, like a half an hour long no DQ match. That's why these were so short. That were just, <laughs> yeah, that was all short stuff. We, you know, Cedric and Cedric and Atami's happening next week. And we had a little bit about that. No, half an hour of Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy just annihilating each other using stairs, using doing a Spanish fly. From the barricade onto the announced desk, and it didn't break. Good. Well, they're two of five. They're only two they're, they're too light. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Braun Strowman suplexing Brock Lesnar here. Right. Right. No. This this was a fan freaking tastic match. Really good. Uh, once again, two of five live putting on a barn burner. Once again, these two guys putting on a barn burner. And Definitely. frankly, NXT and 205 Live stealing the week, in my opinion, uh, uh, as far as WWE is concerned. Once again. Uh, but yes, this match finished with a just monster tornado DDT off of the ring steps that were placed in the ring uh, by Mustafa Ali on Buddy Murphy for the one, two, three. Mustafa Ali picking up the win here and I think putting the cap on this feud. Maybe, maybe. Well, hey, let's uh, head over. We have we definitely have a Cedric versus a Tommy next week. We mentioned that earlier. That's going to be a good one. But uh, that's it for the WWE stuff. Let's head over and talk about Ring of Honor as yes. they had their best in the world pay per view, and we've got results. Oh my goodness! We, I mean, there's really only one thing that we need to talk about. No titles really changed hands here. You know, uh, uh, Kushida and Lethal had a Jay Lethal had a match, and Lethal did beat Kushida, which is like the last guy he couldn't beat. He hasn't been able to beat. He finally beat Kushida. 
And then we also had a match between Austin Aries and Kenny King. Uh, Austin Aries picking up the win here, which didn't terribly surprise me that much because uh, Kenny King is still kind of up and coming. Um, but the big surprise from this is we had the title match. Dalton Castle versus Cody versus Marty Skrull. I actually thought Cody was going to win here. I thought Skrull. Uh, you thought Skrull. Yeah. It, they teased it that it could have gone any of those ways during this match. This was definitely a, a shocker. But Dalton Castle retained, retained the championship. But then the next night on the TV tapings in a fatal four-way between him, Matt Tavin, uh, and Cody and Jay Lethal loses. Dalton Castle lost the title the next night to Jay Lethal. Got pinned by Jay Lethal. It wasn't like it was a fatal four-way. It wasn't like someone else. Jay Lethal didn't pin Cody or Matt right. Tavin. He pinned Dalton Castle and was given the Ring of Honor Championship. <sighs> now, okay, stepping outside of this, the reason that they did this was because Dalton Castle is injured as hell, and he has been for a while now. His back is destroyed. He's got a back fracture and nerve damage. His wrist is all messed up. So it, it was kind of inevitable that his title reign was going to end. But why would you not want to do that on a pay-per-view with the likes of Cody and Marty Skrull? Why would you do that on a TV taping the next night on and, and dropping it to uh, Jay Lethal? It See, just this, doesn't make sense. Well, this, here's the thing. Here's the part that doesn't make sense. Not dropping it to Cody or Skrull makes some sense. I, I wish they had given it to Skrull. Uh, I think it's his time in Ring yeah. of Honor. He's as over as hell. That would push him through that glass ceiling. And that's the thing him. is he just needs that to elevate him. He's yeah. right there. And they just need to take that. They need to pull the trigger like they did with Dalton Castle and, and give him that run. Because uh, Castle now held the he held the belt for a little over half a year. Like He, yeah. had, a, he had a decent run. But um, the, the issue is here is that they gave it to Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal wasn't exactly the most successful champion before. Right. Um, and I don't, he didn't really come across as a champion. Um, and, and I understand why they wouldn't want to put it on Cody. They don't want to give Cody the belt right now. Uh, looking at it, you know, stepping back, I thought they were going to give it to Cody stepping back. It does make sense why they wouldn't put it on Cody now. Because they're because going into the G1 stuff. We're about to have the G1. Yeah. And Cody and he's has got a Cody match. And Omega, you know? Cody and Omega. They don't want to see the Ring of Honor champ lose to the IWGP heavyweight champ again. There you go. They yep. don't want that. So they put it on Jay Lethal. Um, I think, honestly, I think what we're going to find out is that talking about uh, transitional champs, Jay Lethal is going to be a transitional champ. Yeah. Uh, because they don't want to get, they don't want to pull the trigger on Skrull just yet because they want to have that be a big thing when that happens. Um, there's a lot of other guys. There's a whole bunch of people on that roster who could take the belt, but I think if they want to ultimately put it on Cody by all in, they're going to, they wanted to put it on somebody who was legit enough and kind of a company guy, which lethal is, but not so legit that when Cody takes it off of him, it's going to ruin him. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's, point. that is my suspicion about what I think is going on here. Uh, there's people on either side of people who love Jay lethal as the champ, people who think this is a terrible move. I think in hindsight, if that's what they do is he's transitional and they give it to Cody, people are going to feel bad for Jay lethal, but they'll understand why they did it this way. That being said, I don't understand why they didn't just have Cody pin Dalton later on. I don't know if Dalton was that bad that they just had to get it off of him as soon as possible. And it really, his injuries did really kind of ruin his title reign. You know, he had a lot of, of potential. And we said he was a bizarre pick to become the champ when he first won it. He took it off of Cody, if I remember right. Uh, didn't he? Yes, that's yeah. correct. But uh, it, was, it was a bizarre pick to get it in the first place. Yeah. And ultimately, looking back on it, it was a very lackluster reign because of the injuries. So that's a little too bad. Yeah. 
I, you know, I can certainly understand Cody, but I, I'm with you. I, th- I thought it was going to be Skrull. Uh, I still think it should have been Skrull. Even carrying it into uh, like the the likes of the G1 and the other tournaments that are going to be coming up and stuff. I I don't know, man. The problem but, with the Skrull, would be that, I agree with you. Be, I don't I don't see Lethal holding it for very long either. No, I and I just the, don't know who you give it to. Well, the problem with Skrull at this point too is also what that means for storyline with him and Cody in yeah, other in other places. Point. So there's a lot of complicated things here. But uh, Ring of Honor getting interesting though. Uh, that's 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 a lot of stuff going on there. It's been interesting. Ring of Honor has a lot of good stuff going on. This is just a particularly interesting twist where you're seeing uh, people are calling it WWE booking because um, Lethal doesn't seem like the likely champ, and it seems like they're pushing him too hard where he doesn't doesn't like really deserve it in terms of his presentation. Sure, but this is I'm saying wait, hold on. They might know what they're doing here. Uh, in turn, like just wait and see. If we get to all in. And Jay's still the champ, then yeah, come back to me and I'll be like, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> they should have okay. had Cody be the champ, Ring of Honor versus NWA with Nick Aldis. Well, so. speaking of the uh, the G1 coming up, uh, we, yes. let's head over and talk about New Japan. They yes. had the uh, the Strong Style Evolved UK event. Man, I tell you what, I you know I'm going to go up and see the G1 tomorrow. I'm going to go up to the Bay Area. And listeners, if you're going to be there, I'd love to meet you. Uh, I will be there somewhat early. Standing around and and uh, having getting ready for what looks like a fantastic show. The card for the G1 is fantastic. Lots of good title matches. I'm psyched for. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jay White and um, is facing off against Juice Robinson for the U.S. title in the U.S. I I want my boy Juice to bring it home. Bring yep. it home from America. When you get there, um, post a picture in the discussion group of where you're going to be and hang out for a yeah. little bit. And then, no, uh, I, I, will, I hate in, I can't go, but I just can't go. No, totally. I'll put it in the discussion group where I'm at. Uh, so keep an eye there, but yes, I had my whistle wet by the strong style evolved UK this weekend. We had two nights of just great wrestling, mostly new Japan, but also a whole bunch of, of Brits and, and European indie guys. Um, we did have uh, two, a couple title matches where some big titles changed hands. The first night, uh, there was a retention right now. Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre jr. Are the tag team champions and they beat Tomohiro Ishii and uh, Kazuchika Okada to retain their belts. Uh, Will Ospreay defeated Kanemaru. Walter had a killer match against Yuji Nagata. Blue Justice himself, which was just basically two my kind of match. Two big dudes slapping and chopping the crap out of each other. Just stiff as hell. And it was fantastic. Yuji Nagata can still go. He is not Damn. a young man, and he can still go. Uh, also, Yoshihashi defeated Chris Brooks, which apparently was one more incident where Yoshihashi just could not get a reaction. He couldn't pay the audience to get a reaction. <laughs> Uh, okay. Night two. Here's the big one. Zack Sabre Jr. beat Okada clean. What? He rolled up Kazuchika Okada for a one, two, three. What he could not get done earlier this year for the title, he was able to get done at Rev Pro. And in addition, his tag team partner, Minoru Suzuki, in another singles match, defeated heavyweight champion of Rev Pro, Tomohiro Ishii, for the championship. That's right. Minoru Suzuki, now your Rev Pro tag team champion and heavyweight champion has that ever been done before yes but i don't know about it. i don't know in rev pro in recent years I, not in rev pro i don't think but wow. i will say this that is a hell of a way to turn 50 <laughs> that's right he just did have yeah. his big birthday party uh, and thing. then walter got himself involved after the match he came out to, after the match and uh stared down suzuki so uh you want to talk about walter a, suzuki program uh, coming up you want to talk about a slap fest oh boy uh, that's there's gonna be some marks left there. Hamburger chest. Uh, also, another note: Jay White uh, defeated Kyle Fletcher in what was a pretty good match too. I was, I was surprised. I'm not high on the knife pervert, but that was a Ugh, that was a good one. It was name. a surprisingly good. What he is, 
I'm excited about the G1. I'm very excited to hear how the G1 special goes this weekend. Uh, as it's it's one of the biggest things there that are go on in New Japan. And well, it we're going to that tournament. Oh, this the, tur- just, the G1 tournament is just going to be epic. And this one-off show is kind of the wet your whistle before the tournament happens. And then the tournament's going to start happening, and we're just going to be nothing but watching New Japan right. for like a month. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to do some special coverage on that. We we're talk going about to, because otherwise this show is just going to become all Japan all right. the time. Right, no. Uh, last but certainly not least, Lucha Underground had a new episode last night uh, where we saw Jake Strong continuing to, uh, formerly Jake Jack Swagger, right. as, as we, we say outside of kayfabe, uh, breaking ankles. Uh, King Cuerno defeated Chavo for one of the ancient S- Aztec S- medallions, and we saw Matanza just murder Mr. Pectacular. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, that's the thing he's about Lucha, like Lucha Underground. When people die, when we say, oh, he murdered him. No, really, he murdered him. He's dead. Mr. Uh, Pectacular is actually dead. So is Phoenix. And Phoenix so is, is now dead. Phoenix is now dead, too. Katrina sucked out his thousands. His thousands. Yeah, I, they killed Phoenix. <laughs> I can't believe that. Katrina like, ate his souls. She, she ate all 1,000 of his souls. <laughs> his 1,000 lives, they're gone. She ate them all. God, she looks hot. <laughs> I don't know what it is about just the dark, you know, maybe it's the leather. I don't know what it is, but there's something just dark and brooding about that woman that just, it it hits me in the right places. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, apparently, apparently eating a thousand souls will do something for you, for your complexion. Yeah. Um, But no, also something else you saw on the show, if you're looking closely, is a couple of handsome gentlemen sitting in the front row of the show, having people, having people thrown at them. Um, And then uh, finally, what we learned was that cage will get a title shot, but he's got to go through mil muertes to get it. So, uh, Cage Mil Muertes one more time. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Speaking of big boys hitting Cage each Pentagon other. Pentagon, I'd like to see too. Uh, well, that's. I think we're going to get that eventually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so a little bit, a little bit of a Elizabeth Bathory from Katrina, and a little bit of uh, I have like a Kurt Angle circa 2002 from Jake Strong. Ruthless the, aggression, ruthless, Jake Strong. Yeah. yeah. So good stuff. Very fun show this week. Lots of uh, lots of plot developments and uh, handsome bearded men sitting yes. in the front row. So. Yes. Uh, Nick, let's move on to uh, one of our newer segments that I, I'm starting to really, really enjoy, and yes. that's our listener questions. Yes. And uh, if you are a listener, if you're a new time listener and you have not joined our Facebook discussion group yet, please go do that now because we do post a little uh, little post right before we do the show, like a day or so, or like today, 12 hours before. Because it was 4th get... of July. Sorry, <laughs> I was, I was no, drunk you were, at the pool yesterday, drunk guys. Drunk at the pool, I understand. Full disclosure. Uh, we, saw, we saw your Instagram. We know how oh, it okay. went. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can post in uh, in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook and get your questions to us, and we will answer them in this mailbag segment here. Let's kick things off with uh, Corey Roberts, uh, who asked, since WWE has already gone co-branded with the pay-per-views, do you think they should go all the way and merge the brands back together? This goes back to what we were talking about earlier as to whether or not yeah, what uh, they should do now, right? Because it is, it is. They're straddling this on both sides, where they have two separate rosters, but one pay per view to put both the rosters on, which I think is, it, it's like we said, it's a little bit, you know, it's it's too much content to try and fit on one pay per view. Even if you make the pay per view four hours, which man, every pay per view at four hours is rough. It's long, yeah, and a lot of stuff to watch, and that's gonna, it means that some of these matches are going to fall through those cracks because they're just not going to you're not going to be as excited for them, or you're going to be burned out by the time you get to them. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier when you say you have less pay per views, but they become longer. And so, I mean, if you only have one every other month instead of every other week, like we did last year, you can make them a little bit longer. You can make them four to six hours and include a lot well, of stuff on there. You can. But the but new that's Japan a good ones idea. are six hours. Yeah, but the first three hours are tag team matches. Okay, so you only have like a couple hours of really 
really big matches that you're excited for. And they build up to that. Sure. Whereas WWE always starts with the hot, well, well, like one or two hot matches. And then they kind of taper off in the middle and you just have to wait all the way to the end to get the, like most of them. That's how they are. All right, let's talk about his question, yes. which is, should they merge the brands back together? Should we have full rosters on both raw and SmackDown? And I would say, no, and the reason for the reason for that is the rosters are way too big right now. If you merge them together, that's even less TV time for everyone because mo- that means Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown, which will, by the way, 2019 is going to be Friday Night SmackDown, and who knows how the, the on a that completely move- different network. Yeah, who we're knows going how back that's to that work. shit again. But here's the thing: it's already the Roman Reigns show on Monday night. If you have to build both shows on who you consider the top of your card. That means that you're going to have Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman at the top of both nights, and everyone else is going to fall somewhere below that. I don't know. There is an argument that could be made for having all of the superstars that are at the top of both cards having this intermixing, and you could have a lot more top-of-the-card matches maybe not revolving around so many titles. But that's why you have... That's why you have you know the the shakeups or like the trades sure. every once in a while sure. to try and mix it up a little bit. But the, here's the thing: right now we're getting AJ and Rusev and Daniel Bryan and Kane on the top of SmackDown because there's no one else from Raw. They feel they feels a bigger draw or a bigger push that they want to do uh, uh, and and have that be the top of the show. Fair. So keeping the roster separate gives you more plot lines. It gives you more content and allows more superstars to get shine um, because. The rosters aren't going to get any smaller. Here's the thing. WWE is still out there throwing money at people trying to buy up contracts of wrestlers and keep them under their umbrella. And if someone comes in and they're good and they can market them and make money on them, they're going to. So, you know, they'll push them up the card. They want more people there to create more competition internally and see who, you know, who they can really use. You look at the size of all the rosters put together. There's I can't think of a time in history that WWE has had more insane talent from the top to the bottom of the card like just insane people people like we kind of poo poo because they're low low on the card are massively talented absolutely apollo cruz could headline most other promotions and he's relegated to jobbing out to to aop on monday night raw this week so just crazy the depth of these rosters. What I will say to Corey to answer his question directly is that yes, I do prefer I would like to see them merged back together because I prefer having multiple episodes of the same roster of content throughout the week. Hmm. I liked the idea of having whether it was Monday and Tuesday or Monday and Thursday, however whichever format you want to pick. I can remember when back in the late nineties when SmackDown was first getting started and we were like, Oh my God, we're gonna have a second show during the week, and that's more time for all these people to get on TV. Great. It's the same cast of characters that, that we you know. Also now had we get half this- as many characters then though. Fair. And I grant you that. And and what you just said previously, we've never had the level of talent and so much of it that we do today. But the question is, Corey, is are they gonna do it? And it's hell no, because now you're gonna have one on Fox and one on NBC, and it's it's going to be so split up. They're I actually gonna compete with each other, and it's uh, you know what they're going to stick them together. I think just oh, sorry, to, get, to try separate. and get ratings on both, they might actually recombine the rosters so that you can have Roman Reigns on both and try and pump their numbers up. Because here's the thing: SmackDown posted its second lowest rating since they went to Tuesdays this week. So whatever oh they're doing on SmackDown from a rating standpoint is not working. So they might look at that and say, "Well, we need Roman on both shows because we have to keep our ratings up on Fox." And on NBC and on USA. I don't know. Bring the title back and put it on TV. But well, that's, that's Raw, not hurting Raw. Yeah. yeah. 
So no, it's it's bizarre. So who knows what kind of lessons they'll take from that? I think they should. Uh, I don't think they will, though. That's that's really what I want to well, say. Well, moving on, we've got uh, Bibash Shrestha says, uh, is Braun flipping things over, getting a little stale? Should Braun get his due for all the things he has done to KO? And what's next for Braun? I'm going to let you take this, Mr. Braun Beard, Braun Shirt Man. Um, is Braun flipping things over, getting a little stale? No, I think yes. it's his. Get- Fine. <laughs> I thought I was going to take this. You, you are. Okay. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's his thing. Uh, it's, it's infrequent enough that I, that I don't get tired of it. What was the before he flipped over Kevin's car last week? It had been a month, two months or so before they had done something, even longer, I think, because then you're getting into WrestleMania stuff. It had to go all the way back to like the tractor trailer when he lost his shit with Kurt and was flipping the TV truck over backstage. La- ladders at Money in the Bank. Breaking ladders. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait. That's not flipping stuff over. It's anyway. still breaking stuff. He said flipping things okay. over. Okay. <laughs> Is it amazing? What a that very Braun specific. Strowman, what a very specific strength spot is, to call sure. out. Sure. Is it amazing that Braun Strowman burst through two burst through a ladder that two guys were holding on to and knocked him over? Hell, yes, it is. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm talking about. Strength spots. I'm not talking about flipping things over. I'm okay. talking in general strength spots with Braun. I, I don't. What th- the hell else is he gonna do? Well, that's <laughs> maybe. Here's the thing. I don't. I think that. Uh, it's not the fact that he's breaking stuff. The ladders I thought wasn't stale. I didn't think that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Because it contextually showed his strength in these matches. Having just a whole segment built around him pulling down a trestle or flipping over the announced dais. Um, that is a you shouldn't do that very often because then yes that does get stale. And I don't think they have been right. But I think it's getting to that point where they're. They're good. We're getting a little close to it. And the fact that that Braun won Money in the Bank, I think, has rubbed some people the wrong way, where, as I said earlier on, we might be getting to a point where Braun is going to start seeing some romanization and people start realizing that he's really getting pushed over a lot of other people when he doesn't need to be pushed as hard as he's being pushed. Yeah. He doesn't need to look as dominant as he's being pushed. And to answer the question here, should he get his due for the things he's done to KO? On some level, Yes, yeah. he should. Kevin Owens needs to get some uh, some back for himself here just to keep it some some sort of parody. Otherwise, Braun is just going to look like too much of a dominant monster. You can dominant monster is fine. But if he's too dominant, it doesn't make anything fun. Yeah. I, I, could see, I could see Kevin Owens interfering with a cash-in opportunity or something like that to maybe screw, screw Braun out of Ooh. that, and we fix the problem with the, the monster in the bank thing, You know, him not being able to come down yeah. off of that. My, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is that it's, it's starting to not be as fun as it, as it used to be because, uh, you know, because maybe it's the push. I grant that, sure. Cool. Uh, next up, Manuel Robles. Uh, it sort of feels like they're trying to have AJ break CM Punk's record for holding the title. They're starting to put emphasis on how long he has held the title now. You think he'll hold it past SummerSlam. So there's two points in yeah, there. Yeah, two questions uh, One, do you think that they are making this a thing maybe to subvert the Brock negativity that came out off the back of them announcing he had now broke the record. Well, here's AJ Styles, and he's on the TV every week, and he's held it for a year. Uh, how uh, So AJ Styles is now going to be the longest reign? Maybe. And yes, to answer the second part, uh, yeah, I think he'll hold it past SummerSlam. Absolutely do. I, so, I, I think it would, it'll depend on, uh, how, on who his opponent is for SummerSlam, who we, don't, we can't even speculate on who that might be right now. Yeah. Um, but well, we uh, know Rusev uh, of Extreme Rules in three weeks, so three more weeks beyond yes. that, and who and, knows? Well, but here, so here's the thing: 
we got a long way to go for AJ to get even close to CM Punk's record. Because CM Punk's record is up around 430 something. I was going to say 443 or something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Like, I've, I've got to go look it up and see what a. What exactly it is? Um, well, where's Brock? Four hundred thirty-four days. Okay, yeah. Um, and CM Punk is uh, sorry. AJ Styles is currently uh, just over two hundred forty days. Oh, so oh, we got a long way to go then. Long yeah, yeah, yeah. way to go for CM Punk to get even close to that. Brock has already surpassed CM Punk's record um, with a different title, and that's the only caveat to that is that he's already surpassed it with a different title. But they already said on TV. Brock has passed CM Punk's record uh, as a modern title holder. That's what they're calling it now. Do I think AJ's going to hold this title for another 200-something days? No, no I don't. Either. I don't think he's holding it that long. I really don't. Will he hold on to it through SummerSlam? Will depend on who he's facing. If it's Samoa Joe, questionable. If it's Daniel Bryan, questionable. If it's Rusev, yep. That's pretty much where what it comes down to. Is yeah. I, it depends on who he's facing at SummerSlam. Uh, he could, he could yeah. lose it. He's not going to lose it to Rusev at Extreme Rules. He could lose it at SummerSlam. Uh, faces often lose at SummerSlam. So, ooh, good point. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we got Jay Hovell. Uh, Havel, excuse me. Do you think WWE should start filming two of five live like they do NXT rather than live after SmackDown when the crowd are mostly flat, even though the action is great? This is an interesting one because I, if it were me doing this, I, I don't know that I would have a separate show for this whole division. I would somehow figure out how to integrate the division into what I was already producing somewhere. And I think, ideally, if you could piggyback that off the back of NXT, make that Wednesday show on the network a two-hour show, rather than trying to live tape it after SmackDown Live to the dead audience, as you so aptly uh, mentioned here, I think that would be better. And I, I you, you'd have the full sale audience. You'd have the kind of people that appreciate technical wrestling that you get in 205 Live, and you're not going to get the, the filthy casuals that are showing up to a SmackDown every week, uh, for the most part. No, instead you're going to get the, the the filthy smarks you get at uh, at, at uh, Florida. 100%. But here's the thing, you know, and I, I I take the piss out of the the full sale audience, even though I love their passion and their and, you know intensity, they do tend to like to get themselves over a little bit uh, for NXT. But the fact of the matter is, they are loud and they are intense and it's better to watch a match when you have a live a very very live audience which full sale is um and it is frustrating to see a match like murphy and ali like this week with the audience kind of half being into it and half just you know exhausted from all of the wrestling that they've seen in the night can you imagine that match going on at the royal albert hall last week jesus that place would have lost their friggin' mind or any nxt takeover but here's the issue um they can't really split 205 off into its own touring brand because it doesn't draw enough on its own. If you have it stuck in one place, then you're you're worried about the fact that uh, you have to keep drawing. NXT operates at a loss. They're not booking that audience. They're not having those people come in in order to make money. Right. That's just a showcase thing for them. Uh, at this point, and I think NXT, it's twenty bucks at the door for full sale. Yeah, something exactly. Silly. It's not. It's not expensive. They go. They take NXT on the road to do their like essentially their house shows for yeah. NXT um, as a way to get the wrestlers out there used to being on the road. It's another training device, but it's also a way to build matches for their pay per views. Learn to live in the circus. There's a exactly. There's a lot of other reasons why they do things the way they do in NXT. Two hundred five is in a very unfortunate spot where they tried to actually earlier this year they tried to take two hundred five out and give them. I think two weeks of independent dates um, as an experiment to see how it would fly. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't rate, I didn't read how that actually worked out from a financial standpoint, but I do know that 
Here's the thing. It, you haven't seen 205 Live guys on Raw in a long, long time. Um, the other interesting factor is in two years, we had the Fox deal coming up. and Fox is going to be asking for more WWE shows. Uh, will that money allow them to send out 205 Live as a building brand and do and book like more like indie level shows, book smaller venues with 205 with a more live audience? Possibly, yes. Could Fox take 205 Live off the network and put it onto FS1 or That's something like that? That's what I'm like saying. That. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Is like, could that be the next TV show? Schedule filler. And so WWE pitches it as, well, hey, give us this much money in rights deals and we'll give you another you know, fresh wrestling show. I think what they'll probably do is have that extra show be a studio show because it's just less money and, yeah. and more profit. But right now, yeah, 205 Live is kind of the purple-headed stepchild. And it would be nice if they could find a way to to balance a little bit more and, and take it out of the slot that it's in. But it's, it's a, it's something that people have pardon the pun wrestled with both in the industry and sitting on the sidelines and wondering how they could possibly do it, but still have it make financial sense because right now it doesn't because it's not going to be a brand that draws. So, and it doesn't really fit anywhere anymore on Monday night raw. So yeah, it's tough and it, it, it won't, it wouldn't make sense to have them go and just sit in one venue like to like a uh, full sale or an NXT. I agree with you wholeheartedly and and to say that it's probably the most cost effective to just tape it after SmackDown the way they've been doing it in exactly. recent months and ever since I've known they've been doing it. I do think bolting it to NXT could be an interesting proposition, but at the same time, they've already got butts in seats. People have already paid for it. They can do everything they need to do. The one missing X factor is a lively crowd yep. and everything else is taken care of. And it seems to me, and this may just be me, my perception is that the crowds are getting more and more hype for for two five? Like they seem, it seems it. like more people are sticking around for it at the shows, and it is getting a little bit better. But yeah, it still is a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, next up, Brandon Monroe says, "Would you prefer NXT as a third brand equal to Raw and SmackDown Ooh. Live, or still as a developmental brand?" Ooh, that's tricky. Um, are, most times, especially from a pay per view perspective. I, you'll hear me say that TakeOver was better than the WWE, the main roster pay Every time. Almost every time. So, yeah, to say that they could operate on the same calendar, or cal- caliber? Calendar. Caliber. To say that they could operate on the same caliber would be fair. That said, I think the Performance Center and the NXT training stuff, all of the things that they do to indoctrinate superstars into the WWE style is a... I don't want to say a necessary evil, but it's a good thing. It's a virtuous good thing that brings up entertainers that we enjoy watching. And hey, if we get to watch their rise through the Performance Center via NXT at Full Sail, hey, cool. It's, it's great. Well, it gives, great. it gives you a sense of ownership, too, over them, and that and that connects you to them a lot more. Uh, for better or for worse, when they go to the main roster, and all of a sudden... How much did we pop for Enzo and Cass with the first time they showed up on Raw? Because we had watched them on NXT, and we uh, knew. Yes. Rem- everybody knew that remind us, Remind us of our moment of shame. But uh, but no... Th- it's not just us. There's <laughs> 20,000 people all, that chanted that thing. Yeah, we we all were complicit in that. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, so to, 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 to directly address the question here, do would we would we prefer NXT as a third brand equal to... Yeah, I'd prefer yeah. it. Of course, I'd love to see NXT get a whole lot more exposure. But here's the problem. That's not what NXT is. NXT cannot operate that way because right now you're having NXT coming out every week, but it's being filmed over the course of two days. And then they've got a whole bunch of time off to do house shows and go train and everything else. And so the the scheduling of their storylines is a lot more spread out. It's a lot less. It's only an hour every week that they have to fill with a, with a fairly large roster right now. So the, 
the timing of everything is a lot less. They can go harder in their matches because they're not doing it three or four times a week, two tapes and two house shows. Uh, you know, so th- with the main roster, their schedule is completely different. There's more exposure. They're more watered down. You can't put out a product like NXT the way that they put out a product like Raw or SmackDown without NXT becoming more like Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Could they take a roster like we were just talking about the 205 Live and send it out there as kind of like the indie WWE show? Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that Triple H had in mind with how he's testing the waters with these NXT house, show, house shows. The territories thing he's doing. Well, he's, yeah. I mean, we're going to start seeing some territory stuff in the UK and in other places throughout the world, according to what Triple H is saying. So could NXT become its own thing in the future, separate from the Performance Center? And we have a Performance Center uh, NXT division and then a touring NXT division. Could that happen? Yes, uh, but it would not be the same thing as Raw or SmackDown because that's just that's the way it is. Raw and SmackDown are their own animals, and one of the issues with their presentation is the fact that because of the nature of how their uh, their travel and the performance is, they have to perform in a different way than the people on NXT, and the storylines and everything is are written a different way as a result. Well, uh, I think that the NXT thing could evolve over time. I agree with you on that. I'm interested to see how this, what happens when we go to Mexico, what happens when we go to Japan with this NXT brand. Mm. Could it turn into its own thing? Do we end up having separate shows on the, the network for each of these territories? Are we going to have an NXT UK weekly show or monthly show? I don't know. I mean, the sky's the limit for those guys right now. And I love the fact that the unpredictability of Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels running this thing kind of contributes to the the fascination with it. I, I'm, I'm loving the idea of just how far these guys could, could take this NXT sure. thing. I just think it will, it will not be equal to Raw or SmackDown. Never, It'll no. be different. It'll just be We're different. We're never going to have three hours of, of, of NXT. I hope we won't NXT every week. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. we don't. No. Uh, one last question. Well, this isn't really a question. This is more of a, a comment, <laughs> a statement from Aaron Collier. Uh, not a question this week, but a statement. Nick Howell, your beard is on point. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's a big two years worth of growing. I got a little God. bit more to go, but yeah. it's like you have a Sharpay attached to the bottom of right. your face. Right. It's really no, good makeup artist. It's it is a it is a a very beardly beard, sir. Thank you. It sir. is a very manly as as someone it. as someone who can grow a beard like a thirteen year old girl. I commend you on your <laughs> on your beard growth. Uh, really quickly before we get out today, we do have to hit our other news segment, yes. the lightning round of news. So let's go. Kenny Omega issued an apology after a sex offender was booked on the CEO and uh, uh, NJPW show. CEO is the community effort Orlando. It's an annual fighting game event that they hold in Orlando, Florida. Uh, usually, they have like all these fighting games. They 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 uh, play on you know like 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 Street Fighter that kind of thing. Yeah. Competitive fighting games. They have it in a wrestling ring. This year, they actually had wrestling at these at this event. Kenny Omega, obviously, a very huge video game fan. Uh, he booked the event, but apparently. Uh, in the dark match, the very first dark match of the show, the one that he did not book, uh, there was a guy named Chasen Rance who was uh, convicted of, uh, he's a sex offender, but he was convicted of lewd and lascivious sex with a minor in 2011. Oh, and no. And so the one match Kenny didn't book, uh, he this guy was allowed to perform, and Kenny issued a very extensive uh, apology. He said that he made a terrible oversight uh, anyone who felt unsafe or personally offended by his, by Rance's inclusion in the show would be uh, would be given their refund. So uh, yeah, that happened. The main event of that show, by the way, was the Golden Lovers versus Naito and Takahashi, cool. uh, which was apparently a monster match wow. and absolutely killer. How do you see that? How do you watch that? I don't know if you do. 
Okay. I, I haven't been able to find it. All right. Uh, I'm sure there's some footage somewhere, but I, I don't think it's streamed or anything. Gotcha. Um, I could be wrong. I'll have to look that up. Uh, in other news, CMLL news down in Mexico, Penta El Zero M showed up and rushed the ring during the main event at an Arena Mexico event. What? Uh, he started a few with Caristico. Yeah, he's. I thought he was over in. He was back in good graces with AAA. That guy is all over the place. Holy shit. Um, so, yeah, Pentel Zero M now in a main event feud down in CMLL. Okay. And his brother, uh, Phoenix, now now known as King Phoenix in CMLL, had a match against uh, Barbaro Cavanario. Apparently, that was a great match. I'm going to look forward to watching that sometime later this week. Yes, Marty Skrull has also accepted Sammy Callahan's challenge on the Jericho Cruise. <laughs> so if you're lucky enough to go on the Jericho Cruise... I actually considered it. Really? Yeah, last year I was looking at... Whenever they announced it last year at some point, I was looking at it going... Ah, How much I were think, tickets? Uh, 1500 bucks or something like that. Oh, my like God. That. Yeah, it was... But you're going on like a four-day cruise. Oh. So you're going to the Bahamas. So I'm, oh. like, I'm sitting there going vacation, two, two birds with one stone. Eh. Jeez. All inclusive as well, so uh, you still well, have to cover your airfare to fly. I mean, it'd still be six hundred bucks to fly to uh, Cape Canaveral or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go to the G1. Yeah, um, right, but to, <laughs> so uh, in all in news, Diana Parazzo is officially not all in anymore. Uh, she may have been poached by WWE, according to rumors. <gasps> so Uh-oh. she is not in. But SoCal Uncensored, aka Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio Sky are confirmed now for all in. So some out, some all in. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat just had his hip replaced this week. Apparently, he's already walking and hobbling down the hallways. Fantastic. Of the hallways of the hospital. So awesome. Good for him. Glad I did get to see his uh, thing on social media where he said thanks for the support and all that stuff. Yep. So apparently, according to him, prayer does work. Great, great to hear. So does science. Yeah. Vince McMahon has said that he is going to spend five hundred million dollars over the first three years on the XFL. Dear God Almighty, he sold a hundred million dollars in stock. And then is spending four hundred million out of his pocket in the first three years to promote the XFL. Don't change, whatever. My yeah. God, dude's got billions. My, it's it's, it's like us pulling out one hundred and fifty bucks. I don't think and going to do this. He doesn't. I mean, he's got billions. That's still not chump change, dude. He's still got eighty-two percent of the WWE. Uh, I think it's even less after than that. he sold all of his stuff, he still ended up with eighty-two percent of WWE. Well, he's got billions. He's I'm telling fine. you right now, five hundred million is not chump change. He's got to two nobody. billion dollars from. Uh, Especially on a, on a product like the XFL. <laughs> All right, this is supposed to be a lightning round. Yes, <laughs> Travis Banks is now the second longest progress world title holder. He uh, he just passed Pete Dunn's record, and he's only still has to pass Johnny Havoc to become the longest progress world title holder. If he holds it after this, after this pay per view coming up, or uh, sorry, this chapter as they call it, uh, I think he'll be the longest that well, has held it. Watch out for Travis Banks, folks. He's I'm coming. Telling you. He is coming. Uh, Ascension. You remember those guys? Yes. They beat Slater and Rhino on main event. Yes. Wait, that show's still going on? Yeah, and guess who was on it this week? Bobby Roode. Yeah, he's oh, now he's now on main event. No. <laughs> oh no. Yep. But, yes, but Ascension has snapped their losing streak. Uh all the tag teams are now on main event. Ascension snaps their losing streak by beating Slider and Rhino. And finally today, finally, happy 29th 29th birthday. Let me say that again. Happy 29th birthday. To Adam Cole, baby! It is his birthday today, July 5th. So happy 29th birthday to him. 29? What a youngster. Man, Uh, 29. Like Shawn Michaels in 1996. 
Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for the, this week, guys. Yes, sir. That oh, was man. our show. What a show. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you for sending in your questions. As Ian said earlier in the show, you can post those over in the Facebook discussion group. Come find us over there. Request to join. We will gladly get you in. You will have a blast, I promise you, talking all things wrestling. Also, you can find us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Tune in. Uh, we do some live tweeting of the shows and pay-per-views, so be sure and follow us over there. We do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash BWO. If you guys love the show and want to show your support, uh, we've got a lot of upcoming stuff going live and retooling the show in a certain way to be more interactive with you guys probably within the next couple of weeks or so. So definitely uh, we would love your support over there. Every dollar counts. And if you want to buy some sweet swag to rock around and let everybody know we are your favorite wrestling show, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, phone case, stickers, all that good stuff. And don't forget to go to your podcast app of choice and hit that subscribe button. Go to YouTube, hit subscribe, and follow us. Leave us a comment. Let us know, let us know what you think. Five-star review, maybe. Yeah. And by the way, if you are at the G1 special coming up in San Francisco this Saturday, I will be there. Uh, I will be posting on the Facebook discussion group where I will be hanging out before the show. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com